LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Make it. I never saw that one coming. I never saw George. I did think, I remember saying yesterday, and you could probably listen back to it on the podcast, I did think that one of the names could have been George, but I wasn't planning on the first one being George at all. And I also wasn't planning, I got that completely wrong yesterday, I'm so sorry, I don't make mistakes very often, one every 15 years. And, um, and uh, I didn't think they would announce the name that fast either, I thought it might go two or three days. But then when the Queen went and uh, toddled over to see them. And, of course, it's never as simple as you think. You don't think she just sort of said, I think we'll go over there. You know, she, they have to sort of phone up and say, Her Majesty the Queen will be arriving and she'll be here at this time and it will be to the second. They will know exactly. They have a list at New Scotland Yard of every journey that the royal family ever take and the time it takes to get there to the second. So they know. They, they don't have to worry like us, oh, what will the traffic be like? For them, there is no traffic. You don't think the Queen sits there going, dreadful traffic in birdcage walk. You know, they're never going to encounter anything like that at all. So she poodles over to Ken Palace, where, of course, she's been loads of times, and uh, spends half an hour. And I'm assuming they've had some pictures taken. That would be part of the the deal of of going over there. But it's lovely, isn't it? I'm I'm quite caught up with the whole thing. I'm a little bit worried by some of the papers going, oh, boy George. Oh, dear. We do hope not. Although, who knows? It wouldn't be the first time we'd had... uh, Somebody. Actually, we haven't got many gays in the royal family, have we? When I say gays, we don't have any... I don't know there's any openly gay members of the royal family that we've got. It'd be interesting if we actually got a king, or a queen, uh, on the throne who's actually openly gay. I wonder if it would ever happen, or if they'd, they would sort of try and separate... Make him play football. Make him play football. It's very butch, very butch. I wonder if it works that way. I don't know. Uh, 84850, uk. Welcome to London. Welcome... Uh, <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'll just uh, choke myself then, thinking about Duncan, talking about spitting and... Oh, it is horrible, and I see it all the time. People stand there, and they they just spit for no reason What's It's just awful. I, d- I don't know where it's come from. It is horrible. The clearing of the noses thing is quite awful. But as Duncan said... I, I can't remember if Duncan said he carried a handkerchief or not. He doesn't. You see, I do. I'm obsessed with handkerchiefs. I carry... I've got two with me today. I've got two hankies, and... No, you're not having one, no. But I, I buy them on Amazon in boxes of 12. And I take them out of the box. I, I, it's something about... It's like, it's like buying new socks. Buying new hankies is lovely. So I've got one in my pocket now, which is a bit screwed up. Yet it was brand new this morning. I've got another white one in my bag. Some of them are tartan, some are different. And I just like hankies. But I do tend to use them for sort of mopping down. If you're standing in a queue somewhere, it's nice to actually sort of... Bit of pat the side of your face. Although this morning I get in the car, I was early... I'd actually, I'd actually got up early because we've got this Morrison's that's going to be opening in Twickenham. And I only mention it because uh, all our other supermarkets, and we've got Waitrose. Waitrose opens at 8 o'clock. Marks and Spencer's opens at 8 o'clock. Up on the green in Twickenham, where we have a Tesco Metro and a mini Sainsbury's, they open at 7 o'clock. Seven o'clock, which is actually quite, it's, it's quite good. So people go, oh, I mean, I don't know whether there's enough passing trade at that time. So I was delighted to see Morrison's putting up their sign the other day. And it hasn't taken them very, they've actually taken over an old blockbuster. So it's obviously a mini Morrison's. They've obviously decided this is the way forward. No point in having a giant supermarket. You can't compete. So they've got what they call the little corner shop thing. How it does, I've, I've really got no idea. But they put the big sign up. Morrison's, your friendly local, open from 6am. 6am till 11pm daily. And you think to yourself, who in God's name 
is going to be getting up at four in the morning to be at work to open up the shop at 6am? And the answer, I don't know, probably loads of people, I would think. Loads of people. But they're going to be open from six o'clock in the morning. So they've got a two-hour sprint on Marks and Spencers and an hour on Tesco. And it'll be interesting to find out whether or not, if one supermarket does it from 6am, will... Will Tesco's and Sainsbury's, because they're practically next door to each other. So if one goes to 6am, the other one will have to, because they don't want to miss out on any of the any of the, the lucrative money which is floating around. That Although what sort of people are floating around at 6 o'clock in the morning? It's got to be people on their way into work thinking, oh, I'll just sniff in there and get a pint of milk or, or a carton of milk. You don't get pints of milk, do you know? You get a carton of milk. I wish you could buy milk bottles full of milk in the supermarket. Make it, make it a lot easier. Anyway, so now we know we have... Um, we have uh, Prince George, which is, uh, which is OK. And what they're going to do, I think they're going to take the baby to see Prince Philip at Balmoral, which I believe is where he is at the moment. Uh, Harrods have launched a plate and a teddy bear. You would expect them to. And loads of other people, loads of other people are doing it. Um, there's um, a story in the paper today about um, three men. They're fra- fraudsters. And they ripped off thousands. It's an investment fraud. And what they were doing, they channeled away God, I mean, £85 million, pounds, I think. And they lived it up with private jets and yachts. But they were just common con men. You know, once a, I mean, a con man is a con man is a con man. And so uh, they were living up the high life. Anyway, they've now been caught. So they'll be spending the rest of their life in prison, which is, uh, which is probably not the thing that they were looking for. And also, I did go for this, this Duncan story. The woman who, uh, the widow of the cyclist killed by an HGV, told how she hugged the driver and forgave him after he walked free from court. I mean, I think that takes immense courage. I've heard it before from people. We've had a couple of stories like that. People said, listen, I don't bear any grudges. And you think, wow, wow. Uh, what's this? Oh, this is the uh, Hammersmith Apollo. They're doing it up, or they've done it up. Apparently, it's, uh, it's going to be restored to its Grey two Art Deco Glory. Wow, they're lovely, some of these places. They really are. They're absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, so they're going to follow it all the way through. We've got some great picture houses. Great picture houses. Uh, TV presenter now, Donna Eyre. I mean, I don't know where she's presenting on TV. Nowhere around here, as far as I know. But uh, she turns out to uh, some award. She's got her daughter Freya with her. And, of course, at the moment, Donna Eyre is quite current because she's going out with Pippa Middleton's brother, and uh, Kate's brother as well. But I love the way they call her TV presenter. And you think, on what, dear? What are you presenting on at the moment? Are you actually presenting anything? I don't think so. Are you any cop at it? No. I turned on Matthew Wright's programme yesterday. Because <laughs> I, I, like, I like finding out who's been foisted on him as newspaper reviewers. Because I'm always interested to see... You know, you can always tell when it's somebody's new programme. And they go, you're going to be talking to so-and-so. I don't want to talk to them. He quite clearly has to do what he's told. And so they put yesterday on this bloke who is... Um, He's another one of these people who goes around trying to sell houses for people. He's a bit too groomed, I'm afraid. He doesn't have that that butch, rustic look that we want with with people. I quite like this girl called Jasmine, who I I think does a place in the sun. And she's actually quite good. And there's a couple of... But you you could tell the ones that they're actually trying out. And uh, this bloke was on yesterday. I mean, he's got to be gay as a goose. Gay as a Christmas tree, as we said yesterday on the programme, after Paul Gabaccini announced that the BBC marked him down. They used to put a little tree next to somebody if they thought they were gay. But as he's never, ever hidden it. It didn't actually make any difference. It kind of defeated the object. But this one was a bit too groomed and coiffured yesterday, with his hair that looks like it's, it looked like it was sprayed onto his head, and the eyebrows were all, it's all a little bit too mamby-pamby, I think. So uh, not a big fan. He wasn't much cop either. But they were going, oh, and it's great, and he's now doing this. 
and uh, he's going to be doing this part that I'm thinking, oh, God, it's another pre- presenter. Here today, gone tomorrow, which is always the, uh, always the best way. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Thank you, Jackie, in uh, Paddock Wood. So she's emailing from the horses field with pheasants, bunnies and horses, as your listeners this morning. It's quite nice, isn't it? like that idea. Especially pheasants. Actually, when we went to the zoo the other day, oh, we've had results at the zoo. We've had results at the zoo. You remember I was very critical of the, the new canteen, which has cost like an arm and a leg. And uh, my, my reason for complaining was that when I go somewhere and it says we open at 10 or we open at 9 or whatever it is, I expect them to be open and up and running. I don't expect people to be wandering around. I mean, the zoo, we were picking up rubbish. The service in the canteen was non-existent. They were still putting the money in the till. Ten minutes into us being served some very average coffee and uh, a toasted sausage thingy, which was rubbish. I mean, I really should have taken the meat away and had it analysed because I'd love to find out what the meat content is in these things. And a lot of the staff were still being briefed. They, they looked down like it was a big surprise. There were customers coming in. I felt like saying, we're customers. Anyway, word has got back to the Director General. And so he wrote to a friend of mine and said, have you heard what Steve Allen's been saying about the thing? He said, yeah, I was with him. He said, and he's absolutely right, everything that happened, happened as it... He said, at least it makes me not look, he said, as if I'm the moaning person. And um, we were picking up rubbish in the Tiger area. Also, you know, it's supposed to be done. They had senior senior keepers having to wash the windows. I mean, really appalling. But it was the canteen that let them down big time. You know, the girl came out there and started spraying two tables and obviously thought, I can't be bothered, and went back inside again. There was loads of people standing, loads of staff there, nobody out in the zoo. Filthy dirty around the fountain. The uh, the roundabout hadn't even bothered starting up. There's people coming in there, paying customers. You know, if you if you charge, and it's not cheap to go to London Zoo, you know, top dollar, I'm expecting top service. I'm expecting the place to be up and running and ready. Not somebody filling up the till halfway through, then making my cup of coffee, and then going, oh, the tills are playing up a bit. Well, you should have sorted that out before you opened. You know, I don't turn up here at sort of one minute to four. I'm quite sure there are other presenters who might want to turn up at that kind of time, but I'm not one of those people. I'm a professional. I want to make sure that everything's ready in the studio. I make my cup of tea. I go through my papers. I do it professionally. This programme starts at four. It says four, and that's what it starts at. It starts at four after the news. London Zoo, I mean, you'd never believe... We were fast-tracked, because I'm a member of ZSL. I've paid to be... It's not free membership. I'm not, I'm not taking any sort of backhanders or anything. I pay for my membership from ZSL. So I'm a member of London Zoo. I'm expecting it to be up and running at 10 o'clock when they say they open. If you're not ready to open at 10, well, don't open at 10. I get so angry with places that just sort of treat the public like, you know, complete idiots. But I shall go again this way. In fact, actually, a friend of mine did say to the DG, he said, uh, by by the way, he said, uh, I think he might be coming again on Sunday, so you better make sure it's up to speed. And he will do something. He will do something about it because it's, uh, you just, you know, it has to be right. You're charging people top dollar. I'm expecting, you know, you're not paying for this programme, but we're giving you the very best that we can afford. We've put nice clothes on today. Well, one of us has. we put nice clothes on. We're sort of very, very happy about things. And um, and we've got the, uh, the papers. Prince George Alexander Louis of Cambridge. George of Cambridge. It sounds like a phone-in, doesn't it? Hello, George in Cambridge. I think it might work, actually. By George. Uh, been used by six previous kings, this, uh, this name. Uh, the Independent is running with uh, Alan Partridge, knocking out Norwich. It must, it must be like living in a strange world. You know when you play a character? 
It must be like quite strange to actually sort of take off the wig and all the rest of it and give back the seven. He's a bit Austin Powers in this picture, isn't it? And I never liked Austin Powers, but uh, it's it's an interesting little film because it's it doesn't deviate from the fact that he is Alan Partridge and he works on a radio station in Norwich. Ian Dale said he he used to go to this radio station in Norwich. I, of course, wasn't at all surprised. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Has the Queen shrunk? She was leaving Kensington Palace yesterday. I thought it was in a in an anage or something like that. And all you could see was her little head in the window at the back. I thought, I thought maybe she shrunk or something like that. But anyway, at least she went there for half an hour. That must be quite exciting. Grandmother's coming over. Whoa, quick, tidy up, tidy up. It's what you've got to do. Here are the con men inside the mail today, flaunting their ill-gotten gains, Ferrari and um, and uh, yachts and very flash things. They're just cheap hoods. Cheap, cheap hoodlums. Although one man lost £200,000 to them and then committed suicide. He was driven to commit suicide because he couldn't face losing this much money. He began getting cold calls from these fraudsters and they took him for £200,000. They brought misery. I hope they rot in hell because it's a lot of, it's a lot of elderly people and a lot of people who, you know, really need that advice and they thought they were getting advice, whereas in fact they were just fleecing them. Uh, Moore's murderer Myra Hindley wrote to the mother of one of the victims claiming it was deeply upsetting to be described as evil. Myra Hindley wrote in 1987, You couldn't hate me more than I hate myself. I have asked God for his forgiveness, uh, but I couldn't ask for yours. For how can I ever expect you to forgive me when I cannot forgive myself? I know everybody describes me as cold and calculating evil Myra, but I ask you to believe that I find all this deeply upsetting. I'm glad she's dead, actually. I mean, I couldn't be happier. So, you know, shame she didn't die earlier. But uh, Brady's still alive. Brady's still alive. Uh, there's also a cu- I don't know how many of you listening are allergic to cats. I've heard of people before. They, they come out in rashes and... Ooh, a bit stranger. And, um, and now they reckon there is a cure, or there will be a cure for cat allergies, available in about five years. Because I'm assuming that if, if you have an allergic reaction to a cat, it manifests itself in all sorts of ways. I, I quite like cats. I don't, I'm not allergic to anything like that. I'm, I'm scared of certain cats. And they go, Psh! like that, you go, you jump back. I'm scared of snakes. I'm scared of scorpions. I don't like anything like that. Anything that, anything, I mean, I remember once I was, I was in the zoo. Okay, I think it might have been London Zoo, actually. No, I don't think it was London. It might have been another zoo. And I'm looking at something in, in a glass cabinet and I couldn't see it. And it was a snake and it sort of launched itself at the window. It frightened the life out of me. You know, I sort of threw myself backwards because that's where they filmed Harry Potter at London Zoo, where, where the snake talks and they say this is, this is the thing. It looks so much smaller when you see it in real life. But anything like that I'm frightened of. We were looking at the tigers and there was one pacing backwards and forwards. It was separate, kept separate from the other tiger who was hiding in the grass and you couldn't see it at all. And yet the grass was not particularly tall or dense. And you imagine, you know, people walk through and all of a sudden this thing launched itself out there at animals and that's, that's how they, uh, they score well. They score well. Uh, 84850, steve at I'm taking a break. I'm, t- I just, I'm just looking at these horrendous pictures here. It's of a, a, a killer whale eating a dolphin. A dolphin? Blimey. More after this. Morning! We like to put a smile on your face in the morning. I don't, well, I don't mind if it's wind. You know, in the case of the royal baby, it'll probably be wind, but it doesn't matter. You've got something to smile about. It's a little bit windy this morning. Not hugely windy, but I can see the trees rustling outside of the window. The ones that have just about made it. It's like a triffid out there. And uh, that's quite nice for today. Not as hot. I hope not as hot today as it was. Yesterday was OK, wasn't it? Yesterday was OK. 
marginally. I still had to sit in the car and I still got a little bit, uh, little bit hot. 25 degrees, cloudy start, which is what it is at the moment. Occasional locally heavy rain, brightening up by lunchtime with sunny spells developing, feeling warm in the sunshine. Oh, shall not be going out again? I seriously, I, I was speaking to my chemist the other day, Mr. Shah, and uh, he said, how are you coping? I'm not really coping at all well. I'm really not coping. It just, you know, you go out, you put a shirt on, and you know that the back is soaking wet, and it's just, you walk down the road thinking, oh, this is so unpleasant. For, for, for people who don't suffer, I was with somebody yesterday who I probably was wearing, like, a jumper. A jumper. I mean, this, these people obviously do not feel the heat. Me, I'm sort of there thinking I could take all my clothes off, but I won't, luckily, because I don't want to frighten people. And I bought two bottles of water in Poundland, because they do two big bottles for a quid, which I thought was worth it. And it was chilled. So uh, there's something about chilled water. I'm, I'm, I've got chilled water in the fridge, and I'm very happy with it. I'm getting through a lot of it, but somebody keeps telling me, don't drink chilled water. Anyway, so I'm talking to Mr Shah, and he's sort of saying, how are you coping? And I'm going, I'm not coping at all well. I said, I'll be, I'll be so glad when there's ice and snow outside of the chemist. <laughs> it seems a bit... Seems a bit mean, doesn't it? Because I've got, you know, my neighbour Lynn, she adores the sun. She's a real sun person. She absolutely, she'll follow it round on her sunbed. She'll move the sunbed round. Any opportunity to get out there and sort of sunbed. Me, I can't think of anything worse. Sit me in a shade with a fan on me and I'm quite happy. And I bought two fans. I've got two, two six inches uh, upstairs in a bag. And, and I've opened up the boxes this morning. They came from Amazon and one of them's got a part missing. And it's like... Oh, can I be bothered to wrap it up and send it back to them? The answer is no, I can't. So the part is interchangeable. So I'll use one of the... I wanted to have two fans going, but unfortunately I'm only going to have one going, which is a bit of a shame because it doesn't come with the clip-on bit. Somebody's obviously removed it from a box, which is very, very annoying, and then happily sent it out. Which uh, which really annoys me. But nothing you can do about it. I'll, I'll, I'll live with it. I'm not going to make a big fuss or moan about it on the programme or anything like that. But I will be mentioning it every ten minutes. Uh, so anyway, so here is this uh, picture... This killer whale leaps out of the sea, and, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they get the power to leap out of the sea. I mean, this thing's like a jet engine. It leaps out. It's, uh, they reckon it's an eight-ton orca. Now, I've, 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 I'm not frightened by this, because I think this is free willy. You know, it's a bit like the free willy programme, but at the same time, you have to realise these are killer whales. In fact, orcas have killed more people in Florida in recent years in the theme parks than anything else. We had that poor trainer a short while ago. She'd known it for years. We mentioned it a couple of days ago. And uh, it was doing one of its tricks. And then it grabbed her and dragged her under the water. Now, this is something, because you have to remember, at the end of the day, they're wild animals. Whichever way you look at it, it doesn't matter whether they're bred in captivity. They're wild animals. They have an instinct. And the instinct for this poor girl was, I mean, not the kind of thing she was expecting. It literally grabbed her, dragged her under to drown her and did what... So they had to play sirens to drown the noise because it was so horrendous. I mean, it would have been an awful death. And so when you see this picture of this orca, this eight-ton killer whale leaping out of the sea, what's it going for? It's going for a dolphin and it gets it. It just grabs it. And then what they do is they tend to then throw them backwards and forwards like they do with the seals. They throw the seal, and what they're trying to do, because they can't do it any other way, they haven't got hands, they can hold it, they're trying to strip the flesh off the body, so they keep throwing it backwards and forwards, and that's what he did here. And they treat it a bit like a uh, plaything, and every time the, uh, the dolphin was trying to get away, it was blocked by other orcas, because what they do is they form a, 
they, they do this. Whenever they're hunting for fish, they form a little ring around something and they send up bubbles, which comes like a net and disturbs fish. When they're going for big things, like a dolphin, the dolphin thinks it can get away, but of course it can't. Because they're all working together to kill it. And I've, I've seen orcas chasing other whales with calves. And the, the whole idea is to separate the calf from the mother and drown it. And then they can sort of do their worst. But what they're, they're only doing what God put them on the earth to do. And I'm assuming, if you believe that God created heaven and earth and everything in between, that he invented these things. And that's it. People have always not argued with me, but discussed with me. When we have the wildlife programmes on the television and you see little gazelles and wildebeest and the like, you go, no, no, blow a whistle, alert the wildebeest. There's lions and tigers, well, not tigers, lions hiding in, in, the, in the tundra and they're going to, they're going to kill them. And you go, no, you can't interfere, can you? You're not allowed to interfere with nature. Not allowed to interfere because it, it sort of ruins the balance. If every time, you know, you, you went out there filming and lions were attacking poor little wildebeest's uh, offspring, and you blew a whistle and scared them away. The lions go, what the... What the, the whistle's gone again. Um, does that mean, uh, we're not eating this one, are we? OK, we're not eating this one. OK, everybody hold back. Hold back on this one. Filming. La, 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 la. You know, and then they sort of sit there waiting till the film crew's gone. OK, get them. <laughs> That's what they do. And I, you always sit there and, and you watch it. We're fascinated by it. Because every year all these wildebeest cross this river, and every year the crocodiles just sit there and wait. La, 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 do your nails, you know, they'll be here. Oh, here the kid goes the first one. And they drag him under the water. And, and it's like the seals. Every year they go to the same beach to reproduce. And every year the seals go down to the water, the little pups. And the killer whales launch themselves up the beach, grab the seals and go back. You'd think that by now the, the seals would be going, this beach is not, not as safe as it used to be in the early days. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go somewhere else. Um, Tiger Woods. Apparently, the scientists have now concluded that sex addiction probably doesn't exist. Right. So, is that what they thought it was before? They thought he had a sex addiction. It's amazing how he's bounced back. He's got a new new girlfriend, still all his money and everything else. And yet, for ages, oh, no, I'm touching him like a barge Now they're panned around him, don't they? It's so much brown-nosing, it's terrible. Um, Milton Keynes is our second biggest city. Polish is our second language. What kind of Britain will George reign over? Buckhouse sold to Qatar. The king will be living in a small flat. The only people who marry are gay. Fish and chips is banned by the EU. And a leading historian asks, what kind of Britain will he be reigning over? I don't know, but we're not going to be around for it, are we? By the time he actually gets to the throne. It's interesting, though. As I say, he's going to have all these palaces. Do you think we will have disbanded the monarchy? I do hope not. I do hope not. I do like the monarchy. But, I mean, I don't like the what they call dumbing down of the monarchy. And the dumbing down, I'm afraid... Uh, was, you know, sort of people like Sarah Ferguson marrying into the royal family. Different on Diana's family, because I believe there are more royal connections on her side uh, than there were in the royal family. But with Kate, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of Kate and William. She's, she's not royal at all. So what they've done is they, they brought a commoner into the royal family. And uh, I don't know, are they going to be allowed to go out with other people? Do they vet all the people that Harry goes out with? No, they don't. Did they ever vet the people that Prince Charles went out with? No, they didn't. They do what they want to do. They do what they want to do. They are a law unto themselves. And so it'll be a very interesting time for, uh, for young George. I can't wait. There's going to be so many pictures over the years. You're going to have, it's going to be William all over again. And they're going to be doing comparisons with, this is what William looked like in his knickerbockers. Uh, this is what George looks like in his knickerbockers. 
It's gonna, there's gonna be, you know, they've got their little shoes, some little white socks, like we all had, like we all had. It's all good fun, isn't it? I mean, I like it. I think it's, as I said yesterday, nice to have something to be proud of in this day and age. God knows, there's enough bloody misery all over the place. There really is. You know, you go on holiday to Crete, and there's two rival black gangs fighting over there, and somebody gets knifed three times. He was stabbed three times, and you think, did they go there deliberately? The answer. And it doesn't take them long to get them up into court, these people who are accused of the, of the murder. And it appears to be gangs. They deliberately went out there to settle a score. And you think, do you know, in my day, it just meant you didn't talk to somebody at school. Nowadays, people go out there, they carry knives. I mean, all I've got is jelly beans. I mean, it's not exactly, you know, would you like a jelly bean? Sorry? Would you like a jelly bean? Oh, OK, then. Thank you. OK, that's right. You know, that's how you, you do it. It, that's that. No, not you. No, not you. You're not having jelly beans. Not after yesterday. I had to do the whole podcast yesterday with the jelly beans. Every time he put his hand over that, to go, no. It's like dealing with a naughty child. We do have a, a gadget giveaway for today, ladies and gentlemen. Hurrah. Unfortunately, the department that deals with it thought they'd sent it out, but unfortunately they hadn't. So today we have one, and uh, let's have a quick look and just see what we're going to offer you today. It's, uh, oh, well, that's nice, isn't it? Very nice. We'll be offering that to you later on this morning. Uh, 84850, stephenlbc.co.uk. Sometimes there's some really good things we're giving away. Today's one of those days. 84850, stephenlbc.co.uk. Oh, that's nice. Oh, I like this. Oh, this is Versace's house. Is it up for sale? I thought Versace's house came up for sale. The, one, the mansion where he was murdered outside of, I think, in, uh, in Florida. It does look wonderful. Oh, it's on the market for... I'll tell you in a moment. News is next. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. So, all those years ago, Gianni Versace was gunned down on the steps of the Casa... Casarina... It's in uh, Miami. It's a waterfront mansion. It's very nice. And uh, I can tell you that it's, uh, it went on the market a year ago. A year ago. Now, bearing in mind, and I have to explain this to you now, that if you're one of these people who doesn't understand how the American property market works, keep listening, because at the moment you can get the most fantastic deals in Florida. Because unlike here, where you buy a property and in a couple of years it goes up in price, over there there's a very good likelihood it would go down in price. So you can pick up what we call really good bargains. I mean, literally, for £200,000, about $350,000, you can pick up a four-bed, gated mansion on an estate with a pool. It's You get a lot, and that's fully fitted. That will be fitted with a kitchen and everything. Go to certain parts of Florida, it's cheap as chips. It really is. It's just that it's boiling hot. So you're not going to live out there all the time, are you? Because we don't function... Well, I wouldn't function in the heat at all. I could walk around in an ice suit. So anyway, so a year ago, they launched Versace's house. Now, it's not to everybody's taste. It is slightly flamboyant. Some might call it tacky. It's very Roman. It follows the whole Versace theme through all the uh, rooms, which are... Be- I mean, the, the marble floor... You can't put rugs on these floors because all the floors are marble. It is absolutely beautiful. And it went on the market a year ago for £81 million. £81 million. But today, and only today, I'm going to do you a special offer. Not £81 million, not £80 million, but proving that the bottom has really dropped out of the property market, £16 million. 
Now, that's actually quite good value. I mean, if you want to live in a house where somebody was gunned down on the doorstep, the fact it was Versace's, presumably they will chuck all the furniture in because they're so desperate. It only goes to prove that when you buy a place in Florida or you buy a place anywhere in America, I know that you can go to New York and they do go. You can pick up, you know, um, some of these apartment block flats. Not inexpensively, but certainly certainly doable. Some of them are very expensive. You can see some townhouses, 35 million, 65 million. But over in Florida and in Miami, and Miami's not the, you know, it wouldn't be my choice to want to go to. It's nice, but there's sort of a, a particular rough element there. Uh, Florida, OK, but it's full of Brits. Why would you want to go somewhere where it's full of Brits? So all the Brits are going over to Florida, and you can pick up cheap property. You, I mean, it really is cheap. I looked at one a short while ago. Not for me. It was on the television programme, and I happened to be watching it. And uh, they were showing you around it, and I thought, I've been in so many American properties now in Florida, I now know what you get inside. They have two sitting rooms. They're a little bit Greek in that one. The, the Greeks do that a lot. They have a formal sitting room, and then they have the little sitting room where, where the family will sort of sit, mum and dad will sit there. But there's a formal one, which hardly anybody ever goes in for special occasions. Uh, nice size kitchen, fully equipped over there, microwave, dishwasher, everything, plumb, everything fitted in. Nice, very nice things. Storm windows, which come as standard, double garage, electric doors. And I think this place worked out at around about £130,000. It was so cheap. and I, But I think the maintenance was about... £25, I think they said a month, but because you're, all you were paying for, you had to pay for your own pool cleaning and stuff like that, which you have to do. But that was just for cutting the grass outside, because all these gated estates are over, because it's safer. Because it's safer over there to be on a gated estate. But the chances are you'll never see your neighbours, because nobody sits outside. The Brits would sit outside. The Americans don't do things like that. They use it as a home. They go there, and they'll have sort of you know, a few weeks there, then they'll lock it up and go somewhere else. But this uh, Versace mansion, the rooms aren't as big as you think, but they've got beautiful shower rooms. I mean, it's, it, it really is quite nice, actually. And um, the house was sold in 2000. It was then a, a private club, then operated as a boutique hotel until a bankruptcy court appointed an auction company to dispose of the property. And the last owners kept many of the more elegant Versace features, but furnished the rooms uniquely. Yeah. I mean, for 16 million, it's, it's not bad, if, if you want it. And, of course, it comes with... It comes with the history, the Palace of Decadence. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And there's a, a lovely picture of Grumpy Cat. And it's, I don't know why. It's a, an owner in California. I, don't, I think it must be on Facebook. It's called Grumpy Cat. This cat looks as miserable as sin. It's got a little downturned mouth. It's one of those nice pictures of cats that you, you just smile at because it makes you laugh. I don't laugh when I, uh, when I read that uh, Neil the Courier says snakes. Oh, we love snakes, Steve. Don't we know it? He says, I know you don't. One day I'm going to send you one in a box. I shall call the police. <laughs> I hate anything like that. I absolutely... It would only have to arrive here. I remember... Oh, that must remind me of a sad story. When they were at Heathrow Airport and they were checking and somebody had tried to smuggle snakes in and they were all in these socks. And so many had died on the way over. I mean, people would do anything because there's money in, in stuff like that. And it just made me feel a bit sad momentarily. A little bit sad. Uh, 84850, uk, And... Um, Another one here. This is uh, from, 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 from... Lots of rain near you, somebody said. Oh, good. Uh, raining heavily in Tooting. It's quite noisy, says Annie. OK, that's OK. I'm, I mean, we are expecting rain. They, they've said localised rain. Oh, we didn't get any yesterday. I don't remember getting any in Twickenham. But it is, it's, just, it's still a bit too hot. All I want is... I just want 
I want some cold, miserable, overcast days. I'm not asking for a lot in life. I don't think I'm asking for a lot, but everybody else hates me for doing things like that. I can't help it. I can't help it. Uh, what else have we got in the papers for today? Uh, the heat wave's gone, they say. And uh, here's the flood. And so there's a picture of flash floods in uh, Southwell. I don't even know where Southwell is, actually. That's sort of up the country. It's, oh, Nottinghamshire. Oh, right, Nottinghamshire. And uh, they've got a road where the cars are submerged. They've had floods there. The river obviously broke its bank. They have to c- clean up this uh, little village. And this, this gush- 50 properties have been damaged by the amount of water we've got. Not, not going to be any... Uh, not going to be any shortage of water, is there? I don't think. And Twiggy, at 63, would not rule out plastic surgery. Don't do it. Don't do it, Twigs. Don't do it. You don't need to do it. Oh, by the way, if you want to live longer, and some of you might want to this morning, you know, want to get to the end of the programme, at least, I hope. I met a teacher the other day. I didn't know he was a teacher. I was, I was chatting away to um, one of my hairdresser friends, Kasia, and uh, I was saying, I've definitely got to get a haircut. Listen, my head, it's just gone all frizzy. I'm looking, beginning to look like the producer. It's not a good look. You know, like a cotton bud that's not been sort of done. It's not nice at all. It's horrible. It's coming off. It's coming off. We're going to hold your hands behind your back and just shave it all off. OK, simple as that. Looks like you've been plugged into the electric socket. It's not a good look. I'm telling you, you look so much better with it all shaved off. Zoop, gone. I might bring it up. I've got a little implement at home tomorrow. You don't want to look like Al Garfunkel. That's not a good look. <laughs> He sings, you don't. And uh, anyway, so th- th- this man was hovering. And I can always tell when people are... S- and he said, Steve Allen. And I went... So I said to Cash, call the police. And uh, you can't be too careful nowadays. And he said, um, he said, I used to listen to you every morning. I thought, oh, here we go. It's either that or my mother's your biggest fan, which is a fairly po- popular line with me and my listeners. And... Um, or my dad listens to you all the time. It's, a, it's another very good one. And so he said, I'm, I'm a teacher. He said, now I live in Twickenham. He said, and I have to make excuses to come out of school early so I can hear a bit of the programme. Because he's, he's in one of the schools, and he said, uh, he said, listen to you every day, he said, unless I get a good five minutes of a fix of Steve Allen. And I thought, it's quite nice, isn't it, really? I did, my, I did take a photograph of his car number plate, just in case it sort of reverberated a little bit later. <laughs> one of those sort of things. Anyway, if you want to live longer, this is what I was getting round to, uh, in, in certain places, you can live longer. And in fact, life expectancy has increased by three years in less than a decade. I don't know why, because we're eating bad food. Many of us are overweight. You know, I'm, I'm not... Somebody said I, I wasn't... Because I said this morning, I said, oh, you know, I'm fat. They said, not as fat as Ian Dale. And I, th- I thought, that was a bit cruel, actually. I said, no, I'm fatter than Ian Dale. Went, no, 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 you're not. And so I'm, I'm looking at Ian Dale yesterday, I'm thinking, no, he doesn't. He's just... I think he's taller than me. He looks like a reject from The Sound of Music yesterday. In the winter, when he comes, he's got this sort of cloak thing. Looks like he's about to do a magic trick, you know, sort of da-da-da-da, and then whip it away and there's a bowl of flowers or something, or a goldfish or something. Anyway, so if you want to live longer, these are the areas of the country where you can... Oh, dear. Um, for, for women, this is the highest life expectancy. Richmond-upon-Thames, 86 is average. Kensington and Chelsea, 86.1. And East Dorset... Southwest, 86.4. I mean, does it really make any difference? 86.1, 86.4. It's 86. For men, the highest life expectancy, South Cambridgeshire. <laughs> South Cambridgeshire. Yeah, big up South Cambridgeshire. 82.1. It's not as good, is it? Not as good, 82. Uh, Hart in Hampshire, 82.6. And East Dorset as well. What is it about East Dorset? And why am I speaking in this funny way? What on earth has triggered East Dorset like that? Why do people talk like that in Dorset? They don't. They speak quite normally. They probably speak Polish now, I should imagine. But it's, I mean, there's something about it. For men and for women, East Dorset is the place to go. 
I wonder if it's the quality of life. I don't know what, what equates to... Because I had a very strange dream last night. Oh, dear. Bub. I don't know if you do dream analysis. Very strange dream. I had this dream where I've got this house, OK, this £14 million house, which I'm living in, and my boss, I said, why don't you come... This is in my dream. It's not... This is not normal. I said to him, why don't you come round for lunch on Sunday and bring the kids? And so he goes, yes. Yeah. So he comes round to my house and he goes, wow, I said, this is really great. I'm so I'm happy. This, this is in my dream. With my, you know, somebody that I know is featured in my dream. So he's in my house. And I said, and, and the kids come running back in. They go, Uncle Steve's got a swimming pool. And I go, yeah, but you can't use it by yourself. Mummy or daddy's got to supervise you. And then I woke up in a cold sweat thinking, this is, this is not normal, not normal. Lowest life expectancy, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think for women? Where do you think this is going to be? You'll love this one. Blackpool. <laughs> Don't go there. 80. Uh, next place is Gwent. This is lowest life expectancy at birth. Uh, Manchester for women, number one, 79.3. Uh, lowest life expectancy for men, Burnley in the north. Is that Manchester. And then Manchester Northwest. It's not looking very promising, is it, really? And uh, top for men, Blackpool, 73.8. Ghastly place. Really is. You never find a place that's so depressing. Uh, still the uh, the car wash and the story of the Bentley, which we did yesterday on the programme. Are all the papers listening to LBC? Well, of course, quite rightly so, listening to LBC and then going, that's a good story, let's follow that up again. And here is Jessica Sawyer, whose mother bought her this. She's a marketing executive who drives a Bentley, an £80,000 Bentley. Her mother uh, gave it to her as a birthday present, uh, a 30th birthday present. Blimey. Anyway, um, the, uh, the man who, who crashed the car... Uh, has not been seen since. He was driving it, and apparently the new owner of the car wash says that uh, he wasn't in charge at the time. They all just passed the buck. Nothing to do with me. Don't know what you're talking about. It's like garages. The most popular place for your credit card to be cloned is a garage. They have the biggest turnover of staff. And there was one particular garage, I can't remember where it was, but they'd had more cards cloned there because the staff were bent. And it was the same garage. They, they could trace it back to the garage. And the, the owner, when he was contacted, said, oh, I don't know, a lot of these people just come in and work temporarily. Of course they do. They're bent. They're coming in there to get all the, all the credit card details. They've got the little... Before, we used to do chip and pin. And to be honest with you, I never, ever use a credit card or a debit card in a garage. I don't even use them in restaurants. I pay cash. Because there's too, too big a risk of your card being cloned. Uh, the house in Miami where Versace was murdered is on South Beach. We used to stay, says Noreen, 100 yards from there. Used to see all these beautiful people going in. I believe he died around the time the late Princess Diana died. Yes, it was his sister, isn't it, who's, who's slightly odd-looking, who I think was... Uh, didn't Elton John go over there? I think, I think Diana was quite friendly with, with Versace. I, think so. I don't know whether she ever wore any of the outfits, but you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And uh, she also said, oh, can you wish Paul... A very happy birthday today. Paul, it's his birthday. He works for another radio station. <laughs> so many happy returns. Says, well, George Alexander Louis, love it. First time since 1894, she says, there are three heirs to the throne. I googled that. When William, George and Charles were first together, three direct heirs and the christening with the Queen there. Four, Queen, Charles, William and George. Can't wait for that one. Absolutely. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm warming to it. George. 
certain ring to it, doesn't it, I suppose? certain ring to it. But, uh, yes, Paul, have a very, very happy birthday for today. Years ago, of course, if, if you were young enough, you didn't have to work on your birthday. Now you do have to work on your birthday. It doesn't make any difference. You still go home for jelly and ice cream. Oh, jelly and I could eat jelly and ice cream. That'd be nice. Uh, Sarah says, loud, heavy rain in Croydon, soothing on the mozzie bites. I haven't actually noticed any uh, mosquitoes. I, I was watering the bar. I've, I've, I've got an affinity with bees. Because I've got so many hanging baskets, and Neil's, Neil's, he thinks they're in direct sunlight. Well, mine are too, and it's, it's a never-ending quest to keep watering. One of them, I think it's used up all the earth. I'm almost toying with the idea of replanting it again, going out to the garden centre and putting in more plants to have it going a bit longer. Because it's, uh, it's, I know what, I know what you're facing. I absolutely know. I have every sympathy with gardeners out there who are, who are suffering, I'm afraid. And, um... He says, uh, you need your barnet cut. He said, don't leave it too long. Those were the days when I had a good head of hair. My poor baskets, he says, are on their way out. I haven't missed a water and I've even been soaking them with a hose, but I think their position is too sunny and they're struggling. He's up early. He's not feeling well this morning. He said, I've been sick and the rain didn't even cook last night. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it, when you can go, ooh, didn't even cook last night. I always say, if ever anybody says to me, I don't feel very well at work, I would say, did you have a lot to drink last night? Or, failing that, did you eat fish? Because fish, you can be ill on very, very quickly. He says, have a good uh, day. You already know, but you really do put a smile on my face every morning. Well, there you go. I won't now if you're clock watching, because it's 13 minutes to five. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. It's 11 minutes to five. We do have a gadget. Oh, we do have a gadget competition. We do have a gadget competition for today. I'm giving away, giving away, sounds a bit exciting, doesn't it? I'm a bit excited myself. A Toshiba satellite laptop preloaded with Windows 8. Great all round. I mean, you could just sit on the train and just, just look at pictures of Prince George and check up it and you could listen to LBC and download the app. And oh, there's just so many things you can do with it. This is a perfect all round of a home or work or both. And you can get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. So this is the Toshiba satellite laptop preloaded with Windows 8. And you need to know the answer to this question. Luckily, I know the answer to this question, but many of you might not know the answer to this question. What is the sag in the Indian dish, sagalu? What is that? Do you know? You don't know the answer? Oh, right, I know the answer to this one. What is the sag, S-A-A-G, in the Indian dish, sagalu? I love it. That's, I'm not allowed to say anything. I get into trouble if I say anything else, but I do like it. In fact, I was saying to Mr Shah the other day in, in Goods, because he, he, um, he said you were talking about curries, and I said, you know, I said, some mornings, Rupert Bartier and I sit there dribbling because we could both eat a curry at that time of the morning. It's just, it's one of those things. That past one morning, I'll have to bring in a nice Thai fragrant curry and just pop it in the microwave. That'd be really delicious, wouldn't it? I might do that for next week, not for you, uh, but for Rupert and me, because he's my friend, and uh, I don't like you. So what is, what is the sag in the Indian dish, sagaloo? For this one, you text the word gadget, then your answer, and you send it to 84850 before 6.30. Sorry, it just makes me smile, because I can see it now. Well, I mean, it's not here quite clearly, it's just in my mind. Because I'm sad like that. So, what is the sag in the Indian dish, sagaloo? Text the word gadget, then your answer... And send it to 8485... I, I love this job. I can't tell you why. I just like this job. And uh, send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. 
We play across the LBC network. The terms and conditions are online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Good luck. For the, uh, just, I'm, I'm so long-winded about that, I forgot what it was I'm giving away. The Toshiba satellite laptop. <laughs> there you go. Actually, it'd be nice if, if we've got people listening at the moment who might win a million pounds tomorrow. Because Euro Millions are going to create, I think, a hundred million... Oh, dear baby Jesus, let it be me. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I'd cheer up the weekend a little bit. Very nice. And I, and I love the, um, the, uh, the story here. This is... Um, I like... Do you know, for some reason, I like sad stories. I can't help it. I was, I was looking the other day. I was on YouTube. You're going to think I'm mad as a brush, I'm afraid. And there are lots of YouTube films of American soldiers coming back from war. And the family not knowing that they're back and they surprise them. Well, I tell you, I think you've only got to type in Americans coming home from war or surprise, whatever it happens to be. You just type in a few keywords and you'll find these videos. And there are lots of them, you know, people who are standing on stage and they say, and we'd like to sort of do a special mention for flight sergeant, blah, blah, blah. And then magically he appears behind the curtain, behind his sister or behind his mum and everything. And everybody just bursts into tears. It's just it's just big emotional stuff. And I think we as Brits are pretty good. We do cry. We do cry a lot. I cry at pomp and circumstance. You know, I, I cry at all sorts of things, actually. I cry at the fact I can't lose weight. But anyway, that's another story. And uh, so here are the childhood sweet tarts. Lisa Bullock and uh, Rob Hoskins. They had been meaning to get married for years. But then children, five of them, came along and they kept putting it off. And it wasn't till recently that they set a date to the delight of Miss Bullock's mother, Nellie, who'd been waiting 27 years to see her daughter walk down the aisle. So, you know, you, you get the feeling that she wants to walk down the aisle, and then tragedy happens. Mrs Bullock, 70, had already bought her shoes and dress and was counting down the weeks to the big day when she was struck down with a serious illness, and it was terminal. Her heartbroken daughter was determined for her mum to see at least part of the day. So she put on the wedding dress... And she paid a special visit to her mum's bedside in it. She said it was incredibly emotional. I went to the hospital in my dress. I did get a few funny looks. But there was no way I would get married if I couldn't show my mum the lovely dress. Especially because she paid half towards the cost. Mrs Bullock died a few days later. She had uh, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which is a form of the degenerative brain disorder linked to mad cow disease. And so her daughter, she, she wasn't on the way from the ceremony, just put it on for her mum's benefit because they'd obviously said to her, listen, we don't think she's going to go. There's a lovely picture of her by her mum's bedside. She was obviously in the, in the last throes of this. And uh, they're going to get married on September the 7th. But what she's got to do, she's facing an agonising wait. She's got to find out whether she's carrying the same genes that killed her mum. It's a, such a touching story. I mean, it, it really is a touching story. And you look at the picture and you think, you know, I love stories, you know, things like that. You know, some sort of hope. Out of, out of unhappiness can come hope. And uh, her mum got a wish. She gets to see her daughter in the wedding dress. And it's, it's just, it's a nice story. I like nice stories. I want the nice stories. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. I'll find some more nice stories for you in a second, actually. Just until I, uh, just, I check these here. Uh, Dee says, my cousin bought a place in Florida mainly to get away from the fierce Canadian winters. They live in Ontario for the summer. Sadly, didn't work this year when I spoke to him in Canada the other day. It was 10am and 91 degrees, but he said they all have aircon over there. 
I'm sorry, the heat wave's gone. It's 88 degrees in my flat from the build-up. I suppose I've had two floods, got black mould in the living room, appeared overnight. All I'm praying for is a snowstorm. It's you and me together, I'm afraid. I'm also I'm praying for snow, ice, I don't care, flood, pestilence. I don't care what it is, as long as it cools us down a little bit, because I'm just, I'm just not functioning, I'm afraid. Uh, Sue says, uh, rain in Brixton and Devon, a new house, many rooms, opportunities coming, which is good. And uh, Diana was at Versace's funeral. She sat next to Elton, mending a rift that had come between her and Elton. She was very comforting uh, for him during the service. Very sad that she's not here for George. I bet she and Kate would have got on. I bet they would have got on as well. I think they really would. I think she'd have got on. Charles would have been furious. They'd have to still turn up separately, wouldn't they? But uh, I think that William and Kate and Junior are the personification of what uh, she wished for the boys. And I, I agree with you. I think she'd have uh, she'd have been having a lot of fun there. Diana in Richmond says, I've just woken up, still on the settee, after laying on a special birthday dinner for my sons. The sound of rain beating against the front door woke me up, and I'm now on, not in, too hot, my bed with a lovely cup of tea. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? That sounds lovely. A nice cup of tea at this time of the morning can go down very well. So I've mentioned the fact... Oh, there's a, there's a picture of lovely Geraldine. Um, Michael Winner. And uh, we all know how flamboyant Michael Winner was. He came in here. Uh, Geraldine, his uh, widow now. Seems ridiculous, Geraldine, to call you a widow. It's, it's ridiculous. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he's still there. But they now say he's left a, a shocking trail of debts. Now, I knew that Michael didn't have the money that people thought he had. He remortgaged the house. The house is worth about, I think, 60 million or something like that. And I believe a few people have actually looked at it. But he used to, you know, go to the Caribbean. That would set him back about £90,000. He would always go over there. And uh, his gross estate is understood to be £16.8 But the truth is that after his debts are paid, uh, it shrinks to a comparatively meagre £4.75 And so he's got all these sort of debts which... You know when people die, debts mount up all over the place. I don't know uh, exactly what the house is worth. But uh, I just hope that at the end of the day, Geraldine gets, you know, a nice, comfortable life and uh, can afford to put her feet up. Because when he came in here, he was fine. Chatting, he was fine. It was the... uh, Oh, my phone just vibrated. It was the... uh, It wasn't actually my phone, but... Good God, I've got mosquitoes in here or something. And uh, it was the fact that he he was walking a bit slowly. But uh, he was still there. I loved him because he was so... He was just irrepressibly nasty to people, but in in a nice way. The sort of thing I would do. I would like that. You know, you, know, you actually go to a, to, a, to, a, to a place and you think, we've had ter- terrible service. He used to write restaurants off. He would do restaurant reviews. They used to dread him coming in. <laughs> I like that idea. Uh, Steve, Jag, regarding your 100 millionaires, money doesn't bring you happiness, but I want to find out for myself... <laughs> yes, I think money does bring you happiness. It's like, you know, what do you mean money doesn't bring you happiness? Well, it doesn't bring you happiness. It can buy you all, all the things you want, but but it's inferring that you're, you're miserable. So if you're happy before you win the million, then you win a million, you're going to be doubly happy. If you're miserable before you win it, then it's going to surely buy you happiness. I mean, it, you know, it can't sort of find you a bride or a husband or a partner or anything like that, but it, it can certainly introduce you to the the, uh, the delights of, of just having a bit of money in the bank and, and something to fall back on. That's the nice thing, isn't it? It's that security. As I said yesterday, if you're a pensioner, then a million pounds is going to be fantastic. You know, Bryn and Annie, if I could give them a million pounds, give them a million pounds. 
You know, so you don't need to worry about anything. Not that I think they worry about things, but you don't need to worry about those sort of things, which you do when you get a little bit older. If you're a young couple, a million pounds isn't going to go anywhere. That's why the buffoons who win on the lottery and then go and waste it up against the wall with drugs and plastic surgery and everything else, they've got no concept of money whatsoever. They think it just it goes on forever and a day. It's like putting stuff on a credit card. You've got to pay it back. And a million pounds nowadays, by the time you bought a house for, say, £600,000, how long do you think 400,000 quid is going to last if you're running, you know, a couple of flash cars and you've got kids and you want to do your holidays? It's not going to go very far at all, is it? That's what I keep telling myself. News is next. It's LBC 97.3. I'm Steve Allen. Good morning. On it. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, four minutes past five. I see Dr Conrad Murray has threatened to reveal a nuclear bombshell about Michael Jackson if he's forced to testify in court. I cannot imagine what that could be. He said in a recording, please stop, if you don't, let this serve as my final warning to both sides. Don't incite me to testify. Consider this as an imminent nuclear warning. Enough is enough. I think he knows something that we don't know about Michael... Because, uh, to be honest with you, now that Michael Jackson's uh, dead and buried, I mean, I'm presumably you could say anything about him. What uh, Conrad Murray could say, I don't know. Could it be that explosive? Could it be one of those things that we're, we're not really expecting? I don't know. I can't, I can't think of anything. To be honest with you, there's nothing that kind of shocks us anymore, is there really? There's nothing, you know, unless he's got sort of, you know, two heads tucked away somewhere or something peculiar, or three legs, I don't know. I can't think of anything particular. I'll tell you what I do think is very funny, and I, and, and I welcome you to LBC with that, with that bold statement this morning, is that the moment Prince George made his appearance, coming out of that wing of the hospital and everybody was taking the pictures, what do you think people rushed out and bought? The shawl. The shawl that he was wrapped in. Apparently it's made by a very small company uh, called G.H. Hurt and Son. Um... Very similar to the one that baby Prince William had. And so this delicate... I mean, how would you know that the shawl was made by this company? I've just told you, I know. But how would you know before then? Apparently, the small company based in Nottingham faced a rush of orders for the £45 christening shawl within 20 minutes of the future king leaving hospital. Well, did somebody tweet who the company... Because a shawl looks like a shawl looks like a shawl, as far as I'm concerned. It's been uh, been inspired by an old uh, Shetland style. It's a fleur-de-lis pattern, scalloped edge with a wide pattern border. Director Gillian Taylor said the firm was delighted and honoured that their, their shawl had been used. They've had other shawls used, I think, by others in the royal family. But how would you know? So people literally... It's that... I mean, I know that when Diana was alive, her hairstyle influenced a generation. People went out. And ladies do it more than men. Well, the producer certainly doesn't do it. Uh, where you, 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 you see a picture in a magazine, you take it and you go, I want to look like that. You know, I mean, I used to go in and taking pictures of Farrah Fawcett Majors and go, I want to look like that. And they'd look at me in disbelief. I'd go, well, try. At least make some effort. And so Diana had the most copied. It was like the Joanna Lumley, the Purdy cut. From the, uh, from the New Avengers. Again, people were influenced by that. Not a lot of people went along with the, the footballer's perm, although I did have a perm at some point in my life. Not prepared to admit it too often, but uh, yes, I had, yes, I had a perm. Everybody had perms. I had a body perm, and then I had another perm, and, and then it frizzed. And, and then I look like the producer does. It looks like you've plugged your fingers into the electric socket. So Jag is the hard-working postman. We like hard-working postmen, as you know. We're very happy with people. I think all people hard work. You know, if you go out there and do a job, you just do it to the best of your ability. You know, all the people I know around uh, 
around Twickenham have got businesses. They've got to work hard. Some people work hard in them, John. Some people don't. Uh, uh, Alice Gregory in uh, Colnbrook is, uh, is a new listener to the show. Uh, Liz said, we went to Brighton yesterday, had a great day, but it took us over two hours to get back home in heavy traffic on the M25. Oh, God. I was thinking about going to South End on Saturday. I was thinking about going down to South End and just having a walk along the seafront and having chips and sticking your feet in the sea or something like that. But I suspect it's going to be absolutely heaving. Um, uh, little Julie says, happy birthday from me, please, to Mr. Paul, 39, as you know. Many happy returns of the day, Paul. I can't say his surname because he works on another radio station. <laughs> I get people who work on other radio stations listening to it, but I mean another radio station actually outside of the building. Uh, Madeline's father, Mr McCann, the Yard's new leads bring fresh hope. Well, I'm glad you think so. I'm afraid I can't share the enthusiasm at the moment. I think they have to say that. I said last week on the programme, it's not popular. It's not a clever thing to say, but it's a case of they say, oh, we believe she's still alive. Because if they say we believe she's dead, then we might as well all go home now. Uh, commemorative uh, souvenir tea towel. This is to commemorate the royal birth. It's uh, a free limited edition commemorative tea towel. How exciting. A commemorative tea towel. Just what you need, isn't it, in this day and age? Not for me, I'm afraid. And uh, an adrenaline fueled adventure show, Go Hard or Go Home, will start on Channel 5 this autumn. The programme sees Hannah White... One of the UK's most successful single-handed sailors who crossed the Atlantic solo three times. Choose 16 unfit members of the public to take part in a life-changing challenge. Or at least it's not going to be sort of so-called celebrities, because we're running a bit thin on the ground, I'm afraid, for celebrities. There is a new one coming up. I think Stephen Mulhern is hosting a new show. I think they're, they're getting the audiences for that one. I don't think it's being trialled. I think it's actually going ahead. And it's celebrities and their children. And all I could think of is what, what, what celebrities would be willing to exploit their children. And, you know, I thought of Peter Andre straight away because he loves his kids. Uh, but then Peter is going to feature in our free podcast later on this morning uh, because he's filming his uh, show. It's all a little bit too much for him. He's, he's not used to doing work, I'm afraid, Peter Andre. He's used to having the cameras following him around, sitting there going, I really love my kids. And it's just all, it's all playful Nothing for the uh, for the cameras. That's just about all it is. I'm afraid I can't even get excited over Peter Andre's programmes. There's nothing in them that uh, I think is of any interest to anybody at all. I'm afraid. Eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc dot co dot uk. Uh, torrential rain in Beckenham, and uh, Abdul says I'm so happy it's raining. I went outside and just let the rain fall on my face. Okay, great. Okay, that's fine. I could do things like that. Are you on medication? Amanda in Greenwich says, heavy rain woke me up. Now sitting with the balcony door open. I think you're all living in cloud cuckoo lap. The balcony door open. Make it sound like some tropical, you know, island you're sitting on. She said, I'm enjoying my cup of tea with my favourite presenter. You've not got James Max down there, have you? Of any stretch of the imagination? <laughs> Only joking. Only joking. As indeed she knows. Um, uh, the mass immigration destroying the fabric of society. We've got the Romanians back in Hyde Park again. People who have no sense of the occasion. No sense of anything at all, actually. They couldn't care less whether it costs us money to clear up or do anything at all. It's, you know, we, we send a load home. I think it should be about ten years before they're allowed back in again. It's, uh, it's a gal, G-A-L. This is uh, the prince's name, Revealed. And then they sort of put down all these other famous people, famous Georges. They've got uh, George from, uh, from Rainbow. <laughs> I think that was that one. Then you've got George Michael. And then you've got George Clooney. George Harrison, of course. Famous Alexanders, Alex Ferguson, uh, Alex James, Alexander McQueen, Alexander Fleming. And famous Louis, all they could come up with was Louis Armstrong, Louis Walsh and Louis Tomlinson from One Direction. <laughs> it's not the greatest thing ever, is it? 
And Louis Spence, yes. Yeah, I think best not really to mention Louis Spence. Yeah, not the greatest, greatest person, is it? Um, I love this. There's a bloke here, a drunk teacher, who drove the wrong way up two motorways for seven miles has avoided jail. This person was three times over the limit and couldn't recall what she'd done when the police stopped her. Stephanie Jankovic apparently admitted dangerous driving and was let off with a caution. What message does that send out? Drunk driving's OK. I do hope not. Drives me mad. And a teenager who was murdered after two London gangs took deadly rivalry on holiday at emerged last night. The victim, Tyrrell Matthews Burton... I don't know where these double-barrelled names come from. I really don't. Was stabbed twice on his 19th birthday as a savage brawl fled on the island of Crete. And then you look at the people who were in um, in custody. Brits. Shameful. Shameful. People with blood on their shirts. They go out on holiday to do something like that. Nasty pieces of work. Very. What is it with these stupid gangs? And these stupid things. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I just, I just don't quite understand it. Perhaps they're of limited intelligence. Perhaps they're all remedial people. Perhaps they're just all a bit stupid. Perhaps their parents should be dragged into court to find out what in hell's name is going on with sort of these young teenagers now. I mean, one of them still wearing his blood-splattered clothing. Quite clearly, the man's an idiot. They don't waste any time, the police over there. They're in court straight away. <laughs> they're in there. And uh, hopefully, if people are found guilty at the end of it, I hope that they, uh, they take the... Uh, the initiative, and they keep them locked up. We don't get the stupid foreign office interfering and go, oh, should we bring them back here to serve their sentence? No, leave them where they are. Leave them where they are. Uh, Steve, you'd be great in the jungle. No, I wouldn't be. No, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I'd, I'd, to be honest, I've, I've, I've turned down lots of shows. I've turned down Strictly Come Dancing on Ice. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here and there and over there as well. And I'm just, I couldn't do anything like that. No, no amount of money would ever tempt me to sell my soul to the devil. I do not want to go out into the jungle to wander around in my pants, thank you very much indeed. That doesn't appeal to me. No amount of money. You know, unless you're a real saddo, would you ever want to go out there and do something like that? Or you're trying to resurrect a career that's dead in the water? I just realised I've known people who've been out to do these programmes. But anyway, I wouldn't want to do that. The Dancing on Ice thing, you know, the moment they sort of invited that poor old... Um, oh, well, in fact, any of them. Kerry Katona, you know, and... Um, what's her name? Uh, Anthea Turner as well. You know, the moment they invite low-rent people like that on the Z-list is the moment I think, no, there's no quality in that show at all. I'm all I'd rather, I could be a judge on that. I'd be quite happy to be a judge. You're rubbish. Get off. Don't bother coming back next week. You're such a waste of time. As I've said before, only on the television does it look as though it's, it's really difficult. When they, when they do it in real time, they're going so slow, it's like a photograph. They really are. They're that slow on the eyes. But they speed it up by sort of doing the music and the lights and everything else. But Anthea Turner went round there. God, she looked awful. Kerry Katona, dreadful. There's been all sorts of people on there. And I think they're coming back on the ice one for one more. The, the, the Strictly Come Dancing thing with old Brucey. Good game, good game. And, uh, and Toss Daly. Uh, who's there with some completely different voice for advertising makeup on the toes now. She's obviously been to elocution classes because she comes from Bolton and now they've tried to make her sound refined. I mean, I think they tried that loosely with Cheryl Cole but realised they were back in a loser all the way. I mean, you wouldn't buy anything from Cheryl Cole. I mean, she sounds like a navvy, for God's sake. A bit like any of the jewellery channels. I was watching Gem TV and that ghastly woman on there and I now can't remember her name again. No, not her. No, the, the other one who apparently used to do work with Bruce Forsyth on Play Your Cards Right, who's so fake. I mean, really, you could drag her through the television set and throw her into the Thames. And she's going, oh, I, oh, it's, oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, as I say, this is the woman who gets excited about washing powder down in price in the supermarket. She's so awful. 
She's, and I turned on yesterday, and there she was, being as false and as plastic as she was first time round. Perry's in Hartlepool and says, you've mentioned the names John, Paul, George in the last ten minutes. I shall try and stay awake for Ringo to be mentioned. Chuff, 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 says Thomas. No, we don't mention Ringo on this programme. We do give you a time check, though. Uh, Ian Dale this morning. Ian will be looking at the government's new reforms into apprenticeships and asking, do we still look down on people who don't go to university? Do we look down on people? I never went to university. Nobody's ever looked down on me. You went to university, did you? <laughs> well, role reversal here, pal, isn't it? Who's earning the money? Who's earning the money? That's all the latest on the newly named Prince. And it's uh, revealed we're marrying later than our grandparents. He'll be asking, what's the best age to get married? I don't think he's the best person to ask that question, actually, to be honest with you. But I like the idea. Do we still look down at people who don't go to university? The answer is no, we don't. I mean, it doesn't make any difference. I've never thought about asking people. I've had a number of producers who have been to university, though. And we've managed to get rid of all of them. <laughs> Merely time, I always think. Uh, looking at the papers this morning, Damien McBride who was a former special advisor to Gordon Brown. Uh, we have our gadget giveaway for... T- Actually, I must tell you, I mean, before I do the, the gadget giveaway, I can't believe this, Rod Little has a, has a page in the Sunny, has a column, and he talks about the likeable disc jockey, Paul Gambaccini, uh, who bears more than a striking resemblance to Ian Dale. But anyway, he says here, he claims that his personal file at the BBC is marked with a Christmas tree because he's gay. Apparently the drawing means he's as camp as Christmas. And Rod Little writes, and I quote, I have to say I've never heard the phrase before. You had your head buried in the sand or something, or in a bucket. You've never heard camp as Christmas. Camp as a Christmas. You've never heard that. What planet are you on? What planet are you on? But anyway... He says, I wonder what Jimmy Savile's file was marked with, a large forest, presumably, and Russell Brand's file is marked with a dipstick. That's about the only sensible thing he's done, but you never heard the expression, campus Christmas, how strange. Perhaps he's not been around as often as I thought. Anyway, there you go. The LBC Gadget giveaway for today, ladies and gentlemen, just to cheer you up on a day that's starting overcast and cloudy and miserable. I don't care, I, I love it when it's miserable. I thrive on misery. I totally, especially if it's miserable weather, I just don't want a thunderstorm before I leave the building. Uh, so today I'm giving you a Toshiba satellite laptop, preloaded with Windows 8, a great all-rounder for home or work or both, and you could get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning. So it's the Toshiba satellite laptop. One lucky person will win it. It's the A660. It's not the road it's on, it's, that's what the, uh, the number is. The A660. And you need to answer this question correctly. Uh, what is the sag in the Indian dish sagaloo? What is the sag in the Indian dish sagaloo? Text the word gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text will cost you pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after to the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Somebody's going to be having their name read out on the uh, programme tomorrow morning. <laughs> the thrill, the thrill, as they say, of, uh, of being a celebrity. Uh, 84850, oh, would you do come dine with me? No, abs- I wouldn't do anything like that. Abs- not remotely interested. Not really remotely interested. Uh, CJ says, my older brother once had a Kevin Keegan perm. It scarred me for life. Everybody had them. Everybody had perms because it was the it was the wash and go situation. So in my case, it did wash and went straight down the plug hole, never to return ever again. Uh, they used to say, "Take take two bottles into the shower." No, I just take head and shoulders. And I used to think, "I take about six bottles into the shower." 
I had loads of bottles in the shower, you know, shower gel, and I've got this, you know, cream for that one, then I've got this for doing exfoliating, then I've got the shampoo, and then I used to put conditioner on, and then I used to use Paul Mitchell, which was a leave-in conditioner. Now I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. I've just got, like, a, a coal tar shampoo, which I quite like the look of, and it sort of bubbles up on my head, and I look quite attractive for about five seconds till I wash it off. Shower was really hot this morning, actually. Really hot. Anyway, uh, Diana says, I think the Prince of Cambridge's names are brilliant. No danger of any family members being insulted by being left out. I do wonder why Mountbatten continues to be honoured, because he was the mentor for Charles. And Charles always spoke fondly about Mountbatten. Uh, his house is down in Hampshire. I went down to do a, a documentary on his house, and uh, I believe his widow's still down there. They've got there's an interior design business. I can't remember what the house is called, but that that's why I think it's because Charles uh, and he used to go away for these bonding sessions. Charles and Mountbatten went away a lot of the time in Charles's formative years. Uh, Diana says, by the way, go to Old Leon Sea, south of South End. I went last time for the first time, a delight. Nice sandy beach, but the sea was out miles. Charming pubs and cafes along the seafront. I'm going down to see a friend of mine in Brighton, and we're going to go to Tunbridge Wells in a few weeks' time, because she said she went there a while ago, and she said she loved it. She said it was absolutely fantastic. I thought, oh, well, there you go. I quite quite fancy the idea of doing Tunbridge Wells, Royal Tunbridge Wells. Um, <laughs> Kevin the Milkman says, I've written a poem for today. Rain, rain, go away. That's it. <laughs> Obviously not one of his better things. He says, uh, he said, and that, that new show, is it really called Go Hard or Go Home? Yeah, that's, that's what they were saying. And Neil, he said, it's called a Hangover. It's very cruel, isn't it? Oh, what a dreadful thing. What a dreadful piece of maligning there. Dreadful. Um, are you celeb enough to go on the panel of Big Brother, says Gary? No, I'm not. I, can't, I mean, that is just even more stupid. Mark Little, an S-Club singer, an S-Club 7 singer. No remotely interested. I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm a radio presenter. I'm quite happy to be a radio presenter. That's what I do for a living. I'm a radio presenter. I'm not uninterested in this sort of this ego massaging where you go on there and people go, and on the celebrity panel today, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so, Roberta Flack, Donny Hathaway, Steve Allen. I don't think so. I was watching Happy Days yesterday. Monday, Tuesday, Happy Days. Uh, makes you feel very good, because the Fonz is in it, looking very much younger. And the reason I mention him is because he's doing pantomime at Richmond this year. He's giving him his Captain Hook. He must be about 70. We get more Americans coming over to do pantomime in this country now, because they can't believe that you just prance around on stage like a bit of an idiot, and they pay you a lot of money. So he's, give, he's already done it at Wimbledon Theatre. He's going to be doing it at... Richmond Theatre, so I might actually make the effort and go down there. But they always sort of put... You, you get a lot of local radio DJs who sort of go and do panto. And I always think it's a bit of a cheat, really. The, the, the reason they, they put them on... I understand why they put them on, because they hope they talk about it. And then people, if they... So if I did panto, I could probably sell out the theatre quite easily, you know, for the whole run. But it's not my sort of thing. There are actors, there are people who've studied being acting to go and do panto. It's really tough. That's why, you know, I'd never decry it at all. But I just, I just don't think, you know, you're, you're, I don't think you're a celebrity if you're on the radio. I just think you're a radio presenter. It's like, you know, you get, ce- they, they say, celebrity hairdresser. You know, celebrity shrink. Celebrity, it's, we're just full of this stupid word celebrity. It's just everywhere. Everybody's a celebrity. I've never been, I'm in a building full of celebrities. I'm the only one who's not. <laughs> it's quite good, actually. Quite like the idea of not being a celebrity. Uh, did you know Peter loves his kids and Emily Toss, 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 Toss are having a baby? I know. I know, isn't it embarrassing? 41-year-old man and 23-year-old girl. And um, uh, Emma is in the West Midlands. 
And uh, she says, about three months after Katie Price, keeping out of the press, and her husband, Kieran, strip, 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 have their first child together. Yes, I mean, but that, that, he's the plasterer, isn't he? I don't think there's much work in the strip, 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 strip department. But perhaps he could get together with Emily. Toss, 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 toss. Which would be great. Uh, huge thank you to Dawn for the birthday message she sent me via Twitter earlier this month. We got chatting through our love of the show about two years ago. Good grief, I'll say. Two years ago. Didn't know anybody had listened to this programme for, for two years. Uh, Torrential Rain says, little Julie. Nice feeling. Knowing that the water butt's being filled up. Well, I'm, mine's nearly full anyway from yesterday, because I went out and did a, did a drenching twice. It's not helping. It's not helping. It's, um, I'm doing my best, but I'm, I'm struggling against the elements, I'm afraid. Uh, on the subject of... Uh, uh, it's very... a uh, foot cream. Peppermint foot cream. And, uh, and say, I live near Raw Tunbridge Wells, so you may see Diana... <laughs> In the Pantiles. It sounds nice, Royal Tunbridge. What did people go to Royal Tunbridge Wells for? Is it, it's not another one of these taking of the waters, is it? Is that a place where you go for taking of the waters? Or is it sort of retirement town? Or I don't know. I'm, I really don't know enough, enough about it. Uh, Rod Little also, apart from the fact he's never heard the expression camp as a Christmas tree, which is very surprising, he says more Muslim lowlifes have been convicted of child sex offences. This time, he says it's in Manchester. A recent survey in the north of England suggests that of 56 child sex grooming cases, 50 of the convicted men were Muslim and 53 were Asian. And yet Muslims make up less than 5% of the population. He said it's absolutely clear these foul men have been able to get away with it for so long because the various authorities didn't wish to be seen as racist. Writing in The Sun, the government minister, Damien Green, pledged they were going to get tough on sex crimes against children. And Rod Little says, but you can only do that, Damien, if you make sure the police and the social services stop being so terrified and politically correct. Absolutely. Uh, Madeline's dad, he's doing the triathlon for a missing people's charity. So uh, here they are, uh, out again. So Jerry McCann is gearing up. What do the McCanns do? Are they doctors? I can't remember what they do. They are, do- are they practising doctors, are they? I don't know, because they seem to spend a lot of time in front of the media. And so they've got a, a, a just-giving uh, site. Uh, plus, there's somebody suing one of those little uh, baby places. It's a little uh, nursery after their daughter's thumb was ripped off in a door. I mean, that's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? I, I trapped my thumb in a car door once. That was a, an experience and a half I don't wish to repeat. Uh, the weather I'll give you in a moment for today, but it's a bit cloudy at the moment. This is not an indication of how the day is going. I have to tell you that uh, we will have a few showers later on, but the sunshine will be back. It's LBC 97.3. It's now 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Another new horror film going to hit the screens very shortly. This one's called The Conjuring. And uh, so what they've done is they've wheeled out some barking mad old biddy from America who's 86, who apparently is the person that is called out for priests, the police and scared householders when things go bump in the night. She's another one of these balmy mad people that they wheel out for the Oprah Winfrey shows and a few other other crackpots over there. This particular house she's talking about here, uh, she did a bit, of, a bit of exorcism. I mean, to be honest with you, I can't believe this rubbish. She said it was a very, very bad house. I saw one of the girls levitated. Stop drinking, dear. OK, that's the simple answer to that. I don't know. They do worry about it. They do worry. Uh, lots of pictures of flooding. So having had the... I don't know where the water comes from, to be honest with you. And uh, boxing legend turned stockbroker Terry Marsh has been forced out of his city job for whistleblowing. 
the former unbeaten world welterweight champ, says he was ousted for telling bosses about excessive risks his firm were taking. God, it's funny, I've, I've forgotten about Terry Marsh. I've, you, you sort of remember these people for a while. The name comes to you and you think, oh, I wonder what they were doing now. So that's what he was doing. And apparently, if you tease somebody who's fat, and I include myself here, about their weight, it's more likely to get them bigger. So there you go. So... Yeah, stop doing it. Exactly. I've got to stop doing it. I've got to stop telling people they're fat. I can't help it. A study of 6,000 Americans, it's not for us, found that those overweight were two and a half times more likely to become obese if they, exper- if they experienced name-calling or fatism. But the trouble is, do you, does anybody really go to somebody, God, you're fat. You know, you see them struggling up the escalators at Waterloo Station or trying to get their huge bottoms into a Kentucky Fried Chicken small chair, which is designed for normal people. You know, and you see them sitting there and you think, you know, half your bottom's on one side on the floor and the other half's on the other side and there's you in the middle. And uh, But nobody ever goes up to these people and goes, stop eating this, it's bad for you, you're fat, you're a lardy. I just look at them and think, you're going to be dead soon. That's all I think of, because it's, you know, the strain on your heart. That's not being cruel, that's being totally honest. You know, you ask doctors, you know, we've had people before, I want surgery, I want this, I want that. No, you're too fat for surgery. You're too, there is such a thing as being too fat for surgery. We had that ridiculous girl, don't remember a while ago, had to dismantle half the house to get her out, because she was so fat. And the reason she was so fat, she wasn't a, there wasn't any, any sort of medical problem. She was eating, she was sending out for Chinese takeaways. People were bringing her Chinese takeaways and Kentucky Fried Chicken, party barrels. And you think, that's why you're fat. Why should we have to pick up the bill for that? You know, I mean, I don't really believe we should have to pick up the bill for smokers. And, I'm, I'm, you know, unfortunately, I'm as guilty as the next person on that one, I'm afraid. Uh, because I have had, you know, uh, an operation on the NHS as a direct result of me smoking. Well, I'm assuming it was a direct result of me smoking. 84850, uk. Torrential rain in West London, uh, which is good. Uh, D says, Tunbridge Wells is rubbish and the traffic's a nightmare. I don't, my, friend, my friend absolutely loved it. Ian Dale lives in Tunbridge Wells. Classy like me, says Pauline Guildford. Don't be ridiculous, Guildford's never been classy. Ian Dale lives in, does he live in Tunbridge Wells? Royal Tunbridge Wells. Because there's Tunbridge Wells and Royal Tunbridge Wells. Are they two separate bits? Two separate areas. Or so. have you, you've never been there, have you? You've got no idea what you're talking about. You've been once. What did you go there for? It was a... Just passing through. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not really sort of classed as actually I've been to Tunbridge Wells. When you've sat on a train and it's gone straight through a station. Oh, you got off... Was that because you didn't have a ticket again? And then you're doing your old ticket trick. Uh, student, student, mate, student. Showing your thing. Uh, Anne in Peckham says, uh, Prince George is named after the great-great-great-grandfather, King George V, and the Queen's father, King George VI, which makes him eventually King George Seventh. Get your head around that one. Yes. I suppose it's not going to happen in our lifetime, is it? It's only, it's only a couple of days old, this thing. It, I mean, it really isn't going to happen. I think it's unless something, you know, that uh, spirits... Um, which we're not aware of, are going to sort of change everything. It's a poor little kid here, attacked by sheep, is in the paper. Now, we've heard of people who walk across farmland, and, and I've seen little petting zoos where the sheep come, or the goats come and headbutt little children. And, and then we've heard of people being attacked by cows in fields, because they're big boogers, cows. They're, they're absolutely enormous. Absolutely enormous. I think some, some poor lady got wedged up against a hedge by a cow. I used to see them all the time. They always used to frighten me. Actually, everything frightens me. <laughs> if you noticed, everything frightens me. Uh, the weather, if you've just woken up this morning, it is this cloudy start. 
with occasional heavy rain, brightening up by lunchtime, sunny spells developing, feeling warm, currently 19 degrees. It's going to go for 25. That's what you're going to expect later on today, and that's, the, that's my prediction for you. Tonight, a generally fine evening, dry with clear spells for most overnight, 17 degrees centigrade, cloudy start tomorrow in the east. Otherwise, a fine day with sunny spells, warm and humid again. Oh, God. Don't go out again tomorrow, then. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sunny intervals. Showers at times, some heavy with a chance of thunder, especially in the afternoon. More prolonged thundery rain, likely late Saturday, remaining warm and humid. It's the warm and humid bit, isn't it? It's after you've you've had the rain that's that's come down, and you think to yourself, well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? If it sort of if it if it if it stays away, but then the moment it stops, it's like a monsoon. The sun comes out, and the roads are dry again, and it's absolutely terrible. Bono, the U2 singer. I've never actually taken much notice of what Bono says. I've always thought, the, you know, you have these little popsicle stars and they, they sell a few million records around the world and then they start pronouncing all sorts of rubbish. His latest one is, he said, I envy Mick Jagger's wrinkles. I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you, really? Um, he looks better than ever, he, he reckons, ahead of Mick's 70th birthday. In a bizarre comparison to the famous ballet star Mikhail Baryshnikov, Bono says Mick looks a bit like Baryshnikov, like a ballet dancer from a different age. At the same time, he still has a very beautiful face. Apparently, last week, Bono, Bonio as I used to call him, was made a Commander of Arts and Letters, France's highest cultural honour, in recognition of his contribution to the arts and charity. What does that mean? The Commander of Arts and Letters. God. <laughs> A bit pretentious, isn't it? Uh, in uh, France, we're going to give you this for your contribution to charity. Yes, it's marvellous. It's always tax-deductible charity. I like that a lot. Um, how is the um, the Duchess going to lose the weight? Apparently, OK Magazine uh, did uh, Kate's post-baby weight loss regime. OK talks to Kate's trainer. She's super fit. Her stomach will uh, go straight back. And apparently, according to this article in the paper today, uh, outraged mums have threatened to boycott OK Magazine. That'll be two of them, then, won't it? Um, for after this vile front cover about Kate's post-baby weight loss, hours after she proudly showed off her post-pregnancy bump, the magazine hit the shelves boasting of an exclusive Duchess diet, revealing how her stomach will shrink straight back. Furious parents said those kind of stories heap unfair pressure on mums to instantly lose weight after birth. Apparently horrified, Tamsin Kelly, editor of the Parent Dish website for Mums and Dads, said, for this magazine cover to be in UK shops on the same day Kate left hospital with her newborn baby is contemptible. Well, it's got you going, hasn't it? It's also given the son two pages to write about this drivel. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I did say yesterday, she's still got the baby bump and it will go down. You know, I've still got my baby bump, and it's not going down, which is a bit of a shame. I love the way that people get so sort of so irate about something. It's, I mean, to be honest with you, up until now, we've never heard of Parent Dish, the website for mums and dads, so perhaps it's just her opportunity for that. Some branded the claims pathetic rot. Katie Hill was one of the parents who called on others to boycott the celebrity magazine. Oh, well, that guarantees you won't be appearing in it ever again, dear. What a silly... I mean, who cares? That's what they do, these celebrity magazines. They write rubbish about people. OK Magazine is bound to have done that. I don't see that as being anything wrong. Here's the diet. She will get her stomach back. Ask anybody who's ever had a baby. You know, some mums want to lose the weight. Some people couldn't care less. Doesn't make any difference. Horses for courses, isn't it, really? And uh, I did feel sorry, actually. James Alexander Gordon uh, has lost his larynx. Now, for those people in the business, we had this the other day, David Jacobs, but James Alexander Gordon is 77 
His voice is no longer strong enough to broadcast. And he says, I, I've had to give up the most exciting part of my career. He says, the most exciting part is making it exciting for the listener. I never think about whether I'm making it exciting for you, the dear listener. But uh, his uh, uh, gentle Scottish accent reading the classified results was a part of football fans' post-match ritual for 40 years. You really think so? I mean, to be honest with you, I, I know exactly who he is. But I wonder, do people sort of hang out? I mean, I, I could read out the football scores if you wanted. I mean, I'm very good at doing I did that for years. I was quite good at doing it. In fact, I didn't, I didn't understand what I was doing. I just read out the scores. You used to have to read horse racing out as well. It's amazing the things you do when you, when you sort of look back over the, uh, over the, uh, the career. Which Did you know that Kate Middleton, says Michael, has a, a small royal link on her side of the family? A family name originates from the former High King of Ireland... Brian Boru, whose sister at the time was married to the King of Dublin and York. He says, please Google her name and uh, read Claire's People's Peace on it. Makes great reading. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, the trouble is I never believe anything I read on the internet. So I've read some right rubbish, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, oh, uk. Uh, the Surprise Military Homecomings I can recommend, says uh, Jacinda, and puts a, a recommendation of, a, of another one for me. Um, isn't there some rule, says Stephen Adams, about Chumores the throne travelling together? Not really. I don't think people bother. That's like that, uh, that thing, isn't it? That if, if you're flying in an aeroplane, the pilot and co-pilot will have separate dishes in case, you know, one of them is poisoned or something like that. I don't think it makes any difference about the royal family. They've all travelled together. They've all stood, at, all stood outside together. They're all going to be together for the, uh, for the christening photo. That'll be uh, another, another good photo. Lady Louise Mountbatten-Windsor is 10th in line to the throne. Mountbatten-Windsor is actually the surname of Prince Charles and all of the Queen's children. Are they Mountbatten-Windsors? Are they? Producer's not totally sure about that. And, uh, and Conrad said, it's been speculated that when Charles or William take the crown, the House of Mountbatten will take over from the House of Windsor. Well, I mean, he's already said he's just going to move it down to Windsor anyway, isn't he? So it seems a bit pointless being the House of Mountbatten. I didn't know there was a house in Mountbatten, to be honest with you. So you told me something new there. I should have to check that one up later. Um, uh, don't you think James was a no-goer? We remember how William and Harry were caught up with their mother's friendship with James Hewitt. No, I never saw that as being any problem at all. So I, I didn't see that as any... But if you're worried about that, George, the madness of King George. So, you know, you can, you can find anything to fit into anything, can't you, I should imagine. Uh, Freddie says, did you predict the baby's name right? No, I didn't. I said it would have been one of the names... But that's only because Prince Charles is Charles Philip Arthur George. I'll tell you the other thing. I got the train yesterday. When I got off the train, I said to my friend Graham, I said, one of these days I'm looking forward to travelling on a train without anybody with tattoos. It's become so chavvy and horrible. You know, these people are everywhere now. Tattoos all over the place. And all I keep thinking is, you might think it looks very, very lovely and all the rest of it, but I'm telling you, you're stuck with it for the rest of your life. You know, you're going to be an old, haggard, 55, 60-year-old with faded old tattoos. It's going to be, oh, ghastly, absolutely dreadful. Uh, and Freddie says, when he's stumbling, this is George, out of polo clubs and late-night poker sessions, a bit worse for wear, with Harry in a couple of years, will we see the entertainment columns referring to him as Gal? Is that the abbreviation for George? Is it Gal? Oh, right, I've never heard of that one before. Uh, oh, George Alexander Lewis. Oh, right, so gal. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, we're not going to be alive to witness it, so you, you can rest assured we don't need to worry about that kind of thing. Sorry, buddy? No, you won't be alive. No, you definitely won't be alive. I'm making a prediction on that one. <laughs> definitely not. I love the idea of people sort of thinking it's... Uh, Royal Tunbridge Wells, it's a mixture uh, of individual small shops, boutiques, 
and cafes with beautiful properties and open green areas and borders of forests and high rocks. It has a long historic history. It's a, I thought it was a spa town. I said people went there to take the waters. He looked at me blankly the other side, really. But then he's just got that kind of look. Uh, no pound shops and charity shops, I'm afraid, Steve. I love living near here. Diana needs to bring her wicker basket, wear her, her barber to blend in. It has the Forum, a music venue, which is good for the young people. Thank you, Jackie. So Royal is same as Tunbridge Wells. So it's Tunbridge Wells or Royal Tunbridge Wells. Oh, that's good. At least we know that one. I was a little bit slightly worried about it, uh, I'm afraid. Quarter to six is the time. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 11 minutes to six. Bad news if you're travelling on the trains this morning. Many of you are travelling on the trains and you've got to get used to nuzzling under armpits because for many of you, you will stand on the journey and you just accept the fact you have to stand on the journey. Sometimes it's like a crush, isn't it? You're on the train. I always laugh when I'm getting off at Twickenham and uh, I'm going to see Brian. There's always this mad rush for trains coming into London. And you know that by the time it gets to Twickenham, because it started at Reading, there's precious little chance of getting a seat. So everybody's pushed in. You've got the cyclists with their stupid folding bicycles shoving their way in and everything else. And then there's going to be somebody listening to loud music, which drives you mad. Somebody wanting to eat something. Toast, I think, on a lot of occasions. And you don't, you're not going to get a seat. For the next six years, it's going to get worse. They've said that there is no chance of you actually finding a seat. Now, I'm quite lucky that when I go out on a, on a train in the morning, it's actually quite a big train. And so there's always... I've never had to stand on it. Although it does get more and more busy at Clapham Junction. I've noticed that. Clapham Junction appears to be, you know... I know it's, I know it's the world's busiest railway station. It's got more platforms than anything else. But it does seem to be that people wait for this train that I'm on in the morning. So it's, only, it's a little train. It's got about eight carriages. And I say a little train. It's only going to Teddington. It's not exactly the most exciting thing in the world. But it just seems to get packed. Absolutely packed. So the Reading train coming into town as it disgorges thousands... I don't know how many people would be on a train in the morning. 2,000 people, something like that. And they seem to disgorge on a regular basis. I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. But they've said you better get used to it. Great Western has been named the worst offender. Across morning and evening peak times, the passenger numbers were 7.1% higher than the seats available. It's amazing, isn't it? But we just accept that. We just accept you want to go to India and get on some of their trains. People are clinging to the outside on their trains and on the roof and everything. So, in fact, we're not too bad. But, as they will tell you on Southwest Trains and all the other train companies, buying a ticket does not guarantee you a seat. There is no guarantee of a seat. You've just bought a ticket for the journey. How you make it is entirely... I mean, to be honest with you, I think they should take all the seats out and just have it so we can hang on to a rail and just go that way. It makes it so much easier, doesn't it? Uh, that, if you're, by the way, I mentioned that this, this next story briefly because you might be a customer of Lakeland. Now, you know that they appear to have, and I've never had any problems with it at all, the best customer service. The girls, the ladies who answer the phones are extremely... I've never met... You know, it's really good customer service, really good customer service. Anyway, thousands of you, if you're a Lakeland customer, may have had your personal details stolen because their site was hacked into. And you've been urged to change all of your passwords. Fraudsters have gained access. The homeware chain emailed worried customers to tell them of the sophisticated and sustained attack. Attack. Part of the message read, we only wish that those responsible use their talent for good rather than criminal ends. So if you're with Lakeland... The advice is change your password on there. Actually, I keep getting it's a spam email. Change your Apple password, as if it's likely. So I just ignore things like that and don't bother at all. And the good news is that Jane Austen, the Pride and Prejudice author, 
is going to appear on a £10 note from 2017. Oh, it's ridiculous. Only in 2013. We've got another four years to wait before she appears. This is a, over a, an outcry, which we started on this programme, because of the lack of women on our money. And so the Bank of England have uh, decided it follows a 35,000 name petition hailed by campaigners as brilliant for women and fantastic for people power. Journalist Caroline Credo-Perez who set up the petition on the website Change.org, says, without this campaign, the Bank of England would have unthinkingly airbrushed women out of history. And I think Winston Churchill is going on to the £5 note in place of Elizabeth Fry, who you'll remember as the prison reformer. The bank said that they were also reviewing the way it chooses characters to feature on notes. The governor, Mark Carney, says, Jane Austen certainly merits a place in the select group of historical figures to appear in our bank notes. So that's good, isn't it? You've got to wait till 2017. Why can't they do it tomorrow? Tomorrow would be much nicer, wouldn't it? But they're never going to do anything like that. Um, Lewis Hamilton has revealed he felt trapped before splitting from Nicole Scherzinger, saying, I'm way too young to settle down. It was only a short while ago he was bemoaning the fact that he couldn't cope without her. Uh, meanwhile, Nicole did not like being referred to as the older pal after she and Miley Cyrus were seen out together. She was fuming, said her Oh, I can imagine she's got a right little temper on her. I can imagine. And um, the invite to the summer party at ITV promised stars galore. What materialised, of course, was the people from Anywhere's Essex and Jeremy Kyle. Not really the most exciting thing in the world. And uh, ex-wag Lizzie Cundy made her West End debut yesterday in hopes to land bigger roles. Time to buy earplugs, boys, I suspect. I can't see that one lasting more than five seconds. Wag the musical, who in their right mind is going to be going along to that. Dear Lord of Earth. Oh, and the same as Kerry Katona starring as... Marilyn Monroe. Is this some joke? Somebody playing a joke on us. I see this as a way of losing a lot of money very quickly. The very idea that Lizzie Cundy's got any talent whatsoever, I find remotely depressing, I'm afraid. And uh, online con men. We've warned you before about people online may not be who you think they are. And unfortunately, luckless suitors go online, and it's happened before. It turns out to be people in Nigeria who are sitting there in a room. It's the place where most of these cons emanate from. And seemingly ordinary people are duped into believing that they're dealing with an American serviceman. The moment somebody ever says to you, you know, you've been chatting away for sort of a week or something like that, the moment somebody says to you, oh, by the way, could you clear the way to sending me some money? I mean, that's when the alarm bell rings and you go, go away, and you turn it off. But some people go down the line. I've seen them being interviewed on the television. Pip Schofield and uh, Holly Willoughby. Sadly, they're away from the summer and you've got to suffer with the other two. Um, you know, they, they, they generally put these people on there and they go, well, it seems so plausible. And you think, perhaps you've got to screw loose. You know, the moment somebody asks you for money is the moment your alarm bell rings. You know, it's like somebody asking for your password. You don't normally, you know, hand people out your passwords. It's like people who stop you in the street, the chuggers, I mean, to be honest with you, if I, had a, if I had a steamroller, I'd mow them down straight away. They stand there and people hand over credit card details to a perfect stranger in the streets because they're standing there with a plastic jacket on. Really, you know, save the gay whales or something like that. Ridiculous. People hand over details to perfect strangers and yet they, they think online, if somebody asks you for money, that's perfectly acceptable. There was one poor man, he was fleeced out of 90 grand. One woman, £200,000. She was persuaded to send money to... You know, you'd have thought, really, she'd have twigged. You know, can you send it to a bank account in Nigeria? What? Hello, why was she not checking? Unfortunately, once they target somebody, it's very difficult to actually get rid of them. I, I don't bother answering anything like that. 
Apparently, in my area, there's loads of Russian women want to meet me. Well, I don't know where they are, because I've had a look around. We haven't got any Russian women in my area. Perhaps they mean Polish. Perhaps they can't quite work that one out at all. But no, don't ever... You know, the moment... You can chat to somebody online. I'm not saying all online dating is bad. But the moment somebody asks you for money... Is the moment. It doesn't matter what the excuse is, it's the fact they've asked you for money. And the moment you send money, you're on the thin edge of uh, falling off, I'm afraid. Because that's, that's the time that once they've got you... And then I've seen it happen before. I've told you loads of cases over the years of people who've... And they're so sophisticated. These people are so, so sophisticated. They produce brochures and everything. They can come up with photographs. They can come up with all sorts. A friend of mine showed me a picture once. I forget what it was. And he said, oh, have you seen this one? A friend of mine sent me this one, and it was from whatever it was. It was something like Iceland. Or it wasn't Iceland, but it was something like that. He said, and a friend of mine took this beautiful picture. I said, that's a library picture. He went, no, he said, a friend of mine sent it to me. I said, it's a library picture. They've lifted it from the internet. Anyway, the next day he went and checked. He went, yeah, you're right, it's a library picture. I said, I told you. You know, it's just people, you know, think that people fall for it. It's like all these girls who advertise in boxes and they put pictures of really attractive people. When you get there, it's an old hag. We know that because it's been exposed by people before. They just lift people's pictures from the internet. So if it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. No such thing as a free lunch, ladies and gentlemen. Much as I'm sure you'd love a free lunch, there is no such thing as a free lunch. There's always some sort of some sort of payoff at the end, I'm afraid. Um... Ian Dale did live in Tunbridge Wells a few weeks ago. He now lives in Norfolk, says Howard. Oh, lovely. Oh, that, that's why. It's home of... Uh, that's why he likes Alan Partridge. That's why he likes... Ah, that's why. That would explain a lot, actually. I can't agree more with you, tattoo, says Mark. I saw a man on a bike in London yesterday. Tats all down his arms. He had his shorts uh, on, all down his legs. Later on, I was in the gym, and there was a person there all over his body and around his neck, and even on his head. Horrible. They have to live to regret it. Well, I want to get on the train. And it's all these Polish workers. They're all getting on the train with their camouflage clothing and these tattoos everywhere. Women with tattoos. Women, ladies and gentlemen. In this day and age, how old-fashioned am I sounding? Very, very old-fashioned. But to be honest with you, they're so cheap and tarty. You know, I mean, it's really not the kind of thing you want. Not the kind of thing at all. Uh, Tom in Chicago has sent me a, a website link about the royal family. They discuss the issue of surnames and the royal family. It's always something interesting, isn't it? I mean, people love... We, the funny thing is, we, we just accept the royal family. But everybody from overseas, all the people overseas, get so excited about the royal family that my friend Kasia was saying... In, she said, it, only baby. She said, in Poland, my mother's so excited, so excited. She's, I said, it's funny that, isn't it? It's always the uh, people overseas get more excited about our royal family than we do. Because we sit, I mean, I, I never appreciate it, but I'm getting better. I drive past Buckingham Palace, sometimes on, you know, four times a week. And I, I never cease to look at it and go, blimey, that's Buckingham Palace. You know, I, pass, I just take it for granted. I don't get sort of too excited, but I do appreciate the fact that it's there and I love the memorial and I love the palaces and I love the mower. I've had anything around there. I just, I just love the history that we've got in London. Uh, we'll have the news at six o'clock. Up next, we've only got until 6.30. We'll, we'll do the gadget giveaway. If you've only just woken up and you've missed it, I'll make sure that you know I'm giving away a Toshiba satellite laptop preloaded with Windows 8. Details coming up to the other side of the news. And we'll take more of your texts and emails. 84850steve at lbc.co.uk. News is next. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 
Morning, five past six. Isn't it strange, says Freddie, how divorced wives of ex-footballers kick their former husband's surnames? Lizzie Cundy, ex of Chelsea player Jason Cundy. Oh, I know, because otherwise she'd be Lizzie who? And so that's why they hang on to these names. And also Cheryl and Bianca Gascoigne, ex of Gaza. They continue to use the name. Well, of course. But there again, I mean, uh, so did Cynthia Lennon. Cynthia Lennon hung on to the Lennon name. I mean, she'd been married, I think, about three times, but then reverted back to Lennon for some reason, because the Lennon name was presumably more bankable. In the case of Lizzie Cundy, I'd just be embarrassed, I'm afraid. <laughs> I think he was well shot. And uh, Cheryl and Bianca Gascoigne. Yes, I mean, Cheryl Gascoigne, you thought she'd have changed it ages ago. You know, what's her name, really? Yeah, oh, Cheryl Cole as well. Yes, I mean, she, all these people. I don't know why they do it. I suppose because it makes them feel as though they're somebody, as opposed to nobody. So that makes it a bit more difficult, doesn't it? 84850, uk. We shall weave everything in on the programme for this morning. Um, apparently, Paul in Manchester says, I too used to have a curly perm. We were talking about the Kevin Keegan. In fact, all these hair disasters over the years. People wanted a Purdy cut, then they wanted the Diana cut, and there's been various other ones, but it was the Kevin Keegan perm that got a lot of men going. And I did at one time have a perm. All right, there, I've said it. I've come right out. I've been quite honest about it. And I look ridiculous. I look like a cotton bud that had been sort of frizzed. And it, it just wasn't a good look. And I used to have an Afro comb because I had a perm to put a bit more body into my hair, which is called a body perm, quite really. Uh, quite, quite why. I've got no idea apart from it puts body in. And then it didn't. And then I thought, that's quite good. So I have another perm on top of it. And so I had another perm put in on top of it. And it frizzed. Now, all I can describe it is I look like Mungo Jerry. Uh, that's all I can just... Or felling that Sly from Sly and the Family Stone. I look like a relic from the film Shaft. I mean, I look like I'd want... I just needed big platform boots and I could have joined Earth, Wind and Fire immediately. And uh, so I had this thing and I couldn't get a comb through my hair because it had frizzed. So I had an afro... I had to go out and buy an afro comb. Have you tried buying an afro comb? They're not easy to find. And it was literally for people with sort of afros. And you just sort of... It looks like... And to be honest with you, after a while, I got quite used to it. And then I had the perm cut out. And then I went, I know. And now, believe it or not, I haven't combed my hair for years. It's difficult to tell when you look at me, but uh, I've never... I don't think I've ever brushed my hair. I've never brushed my hair. It's not the kind of thing I worry about. Anyway... Uh, a curly perm, plus, says Paul in Manchester, but a full beard looking a cross between Cat Stevens and the Yorkshire Ripper. At one stage, I used to put grey streaks in as well. Now, alas, I get them for nothing. And my new beard that I'm growing is white. And I'm only 39. Thoroughly enjoyed Eunice, Who Do You Think You Are? Which uh, your BBC are already repeating tonight. And it struck me the other night after watching the shots of the Lindo unit's door as ITV padded the evening news out that not only may Toss 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 Toss, with her father's surgical background, give birth there, but Pete could paint the doors for them for 60-minute makeover. He could do that, couldn't he, really? Uh, it's rain here, but still roasting a lass in Manchesterford. Yes, I can well imagine. Yes, poor old Pete's doing his 60-minute makeover. We have a comment on that in our free podcast for today. As you can well imagine, it's not going to be complimentary. But then there's no point in being complimentary, is there? What's the point? Nobody wants nice people all the time. People want people to be honest about it. In the LBC Gadget giveaway today, it's a Toshiba satellite laptop. It's a Toshiba laptop. Preloaded with Windows 8. Great all-rounder. You see people with them on the train and at home. You can use it for work or wherever you want. Uh, 6.30 this morning, you will get hold of it if you are pulled out of the hat and you've got the correct answer. So it's the Toshiba satellite A660. 
Go and have a look at it. Go and check. And then you know exactly what you're going for. But you need to know the answer to this question. And the question is, what is the sag in the Indian dish, sag aloo? S-double-A-G. What is the sag in the Indian dish, sag aloo? Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. So it's gadget, then the answer to the question, what is the sag in the Indian dish, sag aloo? And send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network, full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, Nick says, hi, Steve. Tunbridge Wells is lovely. No people with tattoos on trains around here. <laughs> Wayne Rooney's on his way to Stamford Bridge. It's, yes, we've heard all the jokes about John Terry. <laughs> I mean, do you think he will end up at Stamford Bridge? We don't really want her down, do we? She'll bring all her chavvy friends down. It's Chelsea. Chelsea's posh. Goodness sake, you've seen the programme on the television. I've just ordered a bird bath, says Winnie. Uh, now it's rained so much that they fly straight past it to frolic in puddles. I wanted Bertie for Baby Cambridge. Baby Cambridge. <laughs> I think Baby Cambridge... I said that yesterday. I said Baby Cambridge sounds quite nice and it's wonderful. Uh, Brigitte says, I've been travelling around the country following the Priscilla Tour. The theatre at Tunbridge Wells, the Assembly Hall, has been my least favourite so far, although they made the biggest effort decorating the foyer and bar for the show. Nottingham tomorrow, she says. Nottingham tomorrow. Actually, the Theatre Royal Nottingham's lovely. I've been, I've been backstage at theatre. Why did I go backstage? I cannot remember, actually. Um... Mountbatten was originally Battenberg, but the royal family changed. I love a bit of Battenberg. Oh, I love a bit of Battenberg. A bit of pink and yellow cake with some... Uh, not the marzipan wrap around it is good. But apparently uh, they changed the name before the First World War to remove the Germanic connection. Yes, Saxe-Colberg. They were going to kind of remove the Germanic co- connection, is it? Because that's what they are. They're a German family. Uh, years ago, there was a glut of graffiti on trains... Under the sign in toilets saying, do not pull the chain while the train is in the station, people wrote, except in Tunbridge Wells. Dreadful, isn't it? Absolutely dreadful. Um, Would you do coach trip as you remind me of Brendan, says Ian. No, I wouldn't. I don't do coaches, I'm afraid. I'm a class act. And uh, and somebody said, can you tell Ian Dale, Steve, not to wear white shirts on the telly? Oh, dear. Oh, he's not started wearing the white shirts again, has he? Oh, I've told him before. Don't wear them. They're for younger people. You know, white shirts, when you get to a certain age, it begins to look a bit like a shroud. I have to be... <laughs> I can say that because I know he's sitting upstairs, sticking pins in the Steve Allen doll, you know. <laughs> Ooh, back of shoulder pain. Uh, anyway, Nick will be looking... Sorry, Nick will be looking. Ian will be looking at the government's new reforms into apprenticeships and asking, do we still look down on people who don't go to university? To which my simple answer is, uh, no. I mean, we don't we don't look down on people. I don't ask people if they go to... I wouldn't know, out of all the people in the office, apart from if somebody had deliberately told me, who went to university. They don't wear a badge. They, they're, they're, no, they're no better. You, you, went, you, you said you went... Well, you said you would go to university, or you went to university. But then you can say that. How do I know? You might, you might be telling a fib. I don't know. I mean, you don't look or sound as though you went to university. Was it one in sort of, you know, Maine, California, or something like that? Harrow. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I don't think you went to university at all. I think you're just saying that. Oh, you obviously didn't do very well then, did you? You've edited radio produ- You've got a radio production degree. Oh, God save me from radio production degrees. That's all I need. And uh, as it's revealed, we're marrying later than our grandparents. Ian will be asking, "What's the best age to get married?" 103, I think. 
I don't know. What is the best age to get married? I don't know. We've got what, some of our people upstairs got married quite young. And I was thinking, that's probably OK. It's, I, mean, I don't think it matters. You, you, you get married when you fall in love. I don't think people say there's a certain age. Otherwise, people are going to get frightened. They go, oh, if you're not married by 35, you're never going to get married. You'll be on the shelf, you know. We'll be sort of taking the cobwebs off you every day. And so I think people get a bit depressed about things like that. Don't they? they say, you know, oh, if a girl's not married by the age of 40, oh, no hope. No hope. You know, obviously been bypassed, which is a shame. So I don't know what is what the best age to get married is. I mean, is it 23, 25? I don't know. I mean, I really, really don't know on that one. Look at the papers today. Damien McBride, former special advisor to Gordon Brown, will be live in the studio. Um, the iPhone has hit a new high, but the iPad sales have dropped, apparently, at the moment. I think it's merely the fact that it's summer and everybody's away on holiday. I'm sure it will pick up. Very, very quickly. Who's this one here? Um, oh, this is Jonas Altberg. This is the bloke who was... He's base hunter. Do you remember him? I mean, just almost, I looked at him, I didn't know who he was, but he's done his 60-second interview. And he appeared in Celebrity Big Brother in 2010, even though nobody would ever heard of him. The sort of people who watch Big Brother get, who are you? I don't know. We don't know who any of them are now at the moment, which is a shame. Um, I noticed that uh, devastated... Leah Michelle said she felt like the world was a oyster when Corey Monteith was by her side. But unfortunately, of course, uh, as you know, he, he died. She's uh, opened up about their romance in a haunting interview, which was given before he died. Uh, and then, of course, but if somebody's addicted to drugs, which he was, I'm afraid you're fighting a losing battle. Uh, Diana says the clue about Tunbridge Wells is in the word wells, like Sadler's. Wells, the sites are of natural springs. Yes, Sadler's Wells. And uh, there's all the wells around London. And in fact, I've seen some of the wells in the ground. They're covered over. There's, there's one up, um, I think, near Sadler, a bit further down from Sadler's Wells, a bit more near the, what used to be the sorting office. Down, it probably is still the sorting office. Is it Mount, Mount Pleasant? I'm asking you anything this morning. It really, might as well just ask the cat, Martin and I. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 but it, near, near Mount Pleasant, there is a, a grill. You look down into this well, which people used to go to in... In, oh, I wish I'd put you down the well. I was earlier. That ding-dong bell pussy's in the well. Perhaps we could put producer in the well. Quarter past six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. 19 minutes past six. I've already got a bit of rain, actually, outside. I've just uh, had a quick peep out of the window. There's one couple who are very happy in the papers today. And uh, this is Adam Young and Tracy Tyler. As with all of these stories, they were struggling to pay the rent. So you know what I'm going to tell you. They actually, he was made redundant from his job at an electrical wholesaler. And now they're multimillionaires because they won 5.8 million on the National Lottery. Uh, they come from Epping. In Essex. Well, I probably know them. I probably know them. And uh, we're in disbelief, said Miss Tyler. Uh, he plans to buy a house with a fishing lake and take his partner and their two children, aged six and five, on a Kenyan safari. That's exciting. <laughs> Wouldn't be my choice of where to go, a Kenyan safari. But I like the idea of buying a house with a lake. Uh, I think that could be quite that could be quite nice, couldn't it? I suppose. So, uh, so well done to them. 5.8 million. Of course, if, you, if you're going for Euro millions tomorrow, there's a chance that you could win a lot of money because they're going to create 100 millionaires. 100 millionaires. I, it'd be nice to think that it was uh, that it was somebody listening to the programme at the moment. Somebody who could then phone up and go, I got a million pounds. What it must be like to be told that. Very good. Cost of a wedding now, 400 quid. 
I know what you're thinking. No, it's not. You're quite right. That's just for the guests. Weddings are a very expensive... Dying's pretty expensive, too. Uh, guests do not escape unscathed either. Women typically spend £400 to get ready for, for the big occasion. My friend is going to a wedding in New York, so she's saving up for a ticket, and she's had to buy a couple of outfits for while she's over there, and she's got to take a hat. All these things you've got to buy for, because people like to buy new for weddings, because they're... I mean, you see some really nice outfits at weddings now, but you only get to see them once. I think women would like to wear hats a lot of the time, but the only time you ever get to wear these big hats is if... Unless you're going to go to Ascot, or you're going to go to one of the big... Uh, events in the... And it's, it's always horse racing. They don't do it for motor racing. You don't see people in big hats at motor racing because that's just very noisy and windy and all the rest of it. But you see it at all the horse racing things. So people buy new outfits for the wedding. Uh, generally, £100 on a dress, £50 on a pair of shoes. And then by the time you've added the handbag and makeup and some jewellery, that's £120. And then, of course, there's the hotel to book, 80 quid a night, plus the wedding present at 50 So going to the hen party could be 300 quid alone. So it suddenly starts working out to be very expensive. I know people who, who say to me, oh, I hate going to some of the, these charity events because if you're not working at the time, you've got to buy a ticket and it's too expensive. Too expensive. There's a lovely uh, house here, the best in the street. It's uh, opposite Regent's Park. It's the last in the terrace to be put up for sale. And this one's got a swimming pool, which is lovely. And it's on for, I think, £40 million. Oh, I don't know, 40 million. This is, you can get Gianni Versace's house for 16 million. Why would you want to spend 40 million on it? I think they just put these things up there thinking, I'm sure somebody will buy it at that price. But most house prices around our way have actually come down, especially in the real, real top end of the market where it's very difficult. You're looking for, uh, for specialised buyers. So any house that's over 10 million pounds, you know, it might take a little bit longer, unless it's something that somebody really wants. But they did a great feature and it reminded me so much of. Audrey Forbes Hamilton into the Manor Born. Uh, they've said if you buy a country house, beware. If you buy one of these stately piles in the middle of the countryside and you think, oh, I don't have any obligations, you do. When Audrey Forbes Hamilton into the Manor Born uh, left because her, her husband was bankrupt, uh, she found herself in a dreadful situation. She had to go and move to the little cottage at the end of the drive, which was fine. But the man who bought it, Mr Devere, she said, do you not realise? He said, I've had people from the, from the pony club on the phone. She said, yes, it's your responsibility. You are expected to give over the grounds to the pony club and to make sure this is done and that is done and you've got to put the cricket team up and you've got to make sure you provide sandwiches and drinks and everything else. That goes with the territory. And surprisingly, this week in Country Life, they've said exactly the same. They highlight a number of couples who have bought big country houses and then suddenly realised one of them had no idea at all, but it turned out that part of his property was National Trust. And so for 40 days of the year, he's supposed to open up the property so that people can come round. He put it back on the market again as fast as possible. He didn't want people coming round his house. But that was part of the deal. You, you can't, if you enter into these agreements, you can't, you can't stop it. And as they had rights, I think it was on a tower that he had. But they say a lot of people, if, if a house changes hands a lot of times, it generally means that it's got conditions tied into it, which means that you've got to either entertain the public or you've got to put the pony club up. One of them... He says, we have the pony club here twice a year for their, their camping and everything else, he said. And to be honest, he said, they leave it tidier than, than when they arrive. So I only mention the fact that if you're thinking of buying a country pile today and you're going out with your ill-gotten gains from the lottery or wherever it is, then uh, just be warned, 
it might come with a lot of stipulations. That uh, programme is called Big Star's Little Star. It's the primetime ITV show with Stephen Mulhern, and they're offering audience tickets. And they say here, watch three of Britain's best-loved celebrities... God, we can only hazard a guess, can't you? ...team up with their own children to try and win as much money as possible for charity. So they're doing that at the London studios in, uh, in August. It's, the, it's when they say, watch three of Britain's best-loved celebrities. It's a case of, who are the celebrities? Can we, can we see a list of names? Because sometimes their idea of a celebrity is never our idea of a celebrity. Five minutes uh, you've got left to get your entries in for the gadget giveaway for today. The Toshiba laptop, satellite, loaded, everything. Uh, Windows 8. All you need to know is, what is the sag in the Indian dish? Sagaloo. I think uh, Mr Shah will know the answer to that one. Text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. So it's gadget, and then the answer to what is the sarg in the Indian dish, Sagaloo, and you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So you need to do it in a couple of minutes' time. Text costs £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions on lbc.co.uk. Good luck. Good luck, because it's, uh, it's a very, very nice prize. Uh, why do Londoners pronounce mall like you? Uh, instead of the way you say the A in bath or can't. So, oh, you say mal. Uh, no, bath, mall, mal. Oh, you say mal. I don't know. Is it mal or mall? I don't know. Is it a shopping mall? Shopping mall, but the mal is in London. The mal runs from, and it's the only one with the red road. So that's... Yes, otherwise it'd be Pall Mall, which doesn't sound at all right, does it? Makes you sound like you've got something the matter with your, with your speech. Pall Mall. I quite like that idea, actually. <laughs> Pall Mall. So there you go. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. Uh, it says, uh, if Wells means taking the waters, does it count for Orson Wells? <laughs> I thought he was for taking the sherry. I believe so. I believe so. Uh, Alan says the Indian police have arrested the head teacher over the poison school meals, which killed 23 children in Bihar. Yes, we knew about that. That was uh, that was all over the news yesterday. Uh, very quickly, let's uh, do one here. Apparently, the best place to get fish and chips in Old Leon Sea is the Mayflower. It's a fish and chip shop, and they serve them in newspaper. I didn't think they were allowed to anymore. I thought there was wasn't there something that's in the uh, in the newspaper, die, or was, or was that gone out? We used to love it served in newspapers. Isn't it funny that now you don't even think about it? Kevin the Milkman says, OK, it's confession time. I, too, had a perm in 93, an obligatory spiked-up hair in my teenage punk rock days, back when God was a boy. Happy days, wearing my, is it sedentaries, those bondage trousers? Probably worth a fortune now if I still have them. He certainly couldn't fit in them. Brian in Hampton Hill says, I still have my Alistair Sim hair- hairstyle, so easy to look after. And apparently, Matt Cardle's got a new single called Loving You, a duet with Mel C, great steamy summer track and video. Excellent. Just about it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It's going to rain. It's going to be a little bit damp outside, but then the the sunshine comes back. You've got about uh, a minute to get your entries in for the gadget giveaway. I hope it's your name I'm reading out on the programme tomorrow morning. We'll have a free podcast for you up in uh, around about... 30 minutes' time, which is going to feature old poor old Peter Andre, the dreary Catherine Tilsley. And, um, and also, it's so funny, actually, because Peter Andre putting on his overalls, which are splattered in paint, before he's even put them on. It's almost like, you know, designer thing, but his hair looks a little bit too 
little bit too coiffured, I'm afraid. So is he going to be any good at 60-minute makeover? Probably not, but we'll all smile when he gets another show and perhaps he'll bring his girlfriend in as well. Have a, have a lovely day. You can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show, and you can learn about podcasting if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Ian Dell's with you at seven. Next, the morning news with Lisa Aziz. <laughs>